0: Something special happened today Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence I got green lights all the way Happy birthday to me With no big red sign to stop me 37 No traffic jam delay See I was driving over the moon In my big hot air balloon darkness, I hope I get there soon, It's so many things to do, so many people I need to talk to, and they've all been waiting for me, well I gotta make Green lights all the way With no big red sign to stop me No traffic jam delay Thank my stars forever green i I don't know
1: what's to come. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Not Lawrence. So I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. I'm back. <laughs> back after a few weeks off. I can explain myself. I can explain myself. We had Father's Day going on. I went to Tallahassee for that to visit my dad. As I told you guys in the last episode, I started a new job. I'm a little busier now, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give some time to record the show. So this week I'm doing it on, I guess, what is today? Thursday? Yeah, I'm doing it Thursday this week. Then my work schedule switches next week. I'm off Tuesday and Wednesday. So I plan on giving you guys another episode Tuesday. And that is going to be titled The State of the Jared. Now, what the state of Jared is, it's similar to the state of the union. You know, they do that in the United States where I guess I think it's the president who comes and tells you about everything that's going on in the world or in the country and the world, I guess. So I'm going to do the state of the Jared where I basically tell you guys everything that's going on in my life. Ooh, yeah, I know. I know. Very interesting. So tune into the next episode. I'm going to talk about everything that's happened in the last year regarding my life I probably will get a little more personal talk about my personal life a little bit uh, goals I've set things I had to overcome this past year break down everything I take questions so if you guys have any questions text me or hit me up on social media at Law radio on Twitter at beyond the glory on Instagram you can hit up any of those submit any questions if you know me personally text me your questions. I will answer all questions on the next episode. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So make sure you tune into that. But this is also a special episode because I've been waiting to do this one for a while. Uh, I got a a special guest that I'm actually going to call right now. We're going to get right to this. We're not wasting any time. No, this is Keeping It Real, Jared Lawrence. And we're getting right into this. Hello. Hello. This is keeping it real with Jared Lawrence, and we have a special guest on the show today, Latoya. Hi. Yes. Yes, I I can hear you. I I had to. I had to play the uh, the applause. I don't know if people can hear my when I play the the sound effects when you're on the phone, but I gave you an applause on the for the introduction.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I I've never been um, over the past few weeks. I've done interviews, but I've never been greeted
3: with a pause. So I appreciate it.
1: Oh yeah, this is keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. So uh, we treat we treat our guests right on this show. Now this is Latoya uh, Rat Ratliff, right? Or is it Ratleaf? I I've always you know, I never really knew the, the the right way to pronounce it.
2: The rat it's Ratliff. The E is is very silent. Although everyone always wants to say the E, a very strong E too. Like, yeah, because I was
1: like I don't know, you know, I don't know your your background. So I was like if it could be like Rat Leaf and it could be like more uh Creole Haitian, but Ratliff doesn't give me that same vibe. I don't I don't know if that's if that's still like Haitian or, or in Creole. So I wasn't I wasn't sure. I I'm glad we got that uh figured out though. And then not to be confused cuz I had to look this up too. There's a the former Florida Gator, Kiwan Ratliff, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the E in there. So I was like, all right, they're not related. Because yeah. I was going to ask if you were related, and then I looked up the spelling of his name. And I'm like, nope, not related. But how are you doing?
2: I, I think I'm good and that you bring that up. There was a former 76ers player, Theo Ratliff. Yes, yes. And I can't remember if he, had the, if he had the E or not, but there's quite a few uh, Ratliffs
1: around here. Theo Ratliff ended up playing for the Trailblazers, so I should know this. I should know the spelling. I want to say... I want to say he had the e in there, but I'm gonna double check. I'm gonna, you know, I have my computer up as I record, so I can Google this.
2: <laughs> not yeah. that that takes pre- takes precedence at the moment, but I just thought about it.
1: No, well, you know, me being a Blazer fan and knowing everything Blazers, uh, I'm very interested to know that too. So I'm gonna.
2: It's not.
1: There's no e. There's no. I oh wow, up, you're quick. So. You're quicker than me. <laughs> you know, I didn't have it up. I had to pull up the the, the internet browser, but. I'll be prepared as we, as we move along if there's anything I need to pull up. So not, to, um, not to, to to get away from anything. This is Latoya Ratliff on Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. And I've talked about you a few times on the show in the past couple of weeks just because everything has gone on. So I know my, my listeners are probably familiar with the story of what happened in Fort Lauderdale with you. Um, I'm not going to get too much into detail with it because, you know, it's still an ongoing thing. But is there anything you wanted to say on it before we start?
2: Uh, just that, you know, it's been a, a, a very uh, busy few weeks. Um, there's a lot of information that has come out in regards to just uh, the lack of accountability and leadership in the city of Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, we're the goal is to, as the goal of the day of actually being there on May 31st, the goal is to ensure that we just have police departments that, um are accountable and that are, you know, there to do the right thing. So that's kind of what we're trying to do and, and what we'll continue to do. And that was the goal of what I went out there initially to do.
1: And but, how, how are you feeling? I, I, I didn't even get to that part, but I, I think it's very important to ask how you're feeling uh, physically, mentally, how are you doing?
2: Well, physically, I still haven't fully regained vision in my right eye. The, the headaches have subsided. I was to the point where I was having headaches every day, all day long. Um, Now, kind of, they they're they're more a little bit more sparingly, depending on if I'm staring at a computer, if I'm in, you know, a bright area with bright lights. Like in my house now, I have all these dim lights. It's like I'm setting the mood for a very romantic night, and I really don't have any romantic anything in my life at the moment. But it's just because I can't have bright lights anymore. So there's a little bit of shift to my life in regards to what I can and can't do. But you know, I'm always thankful because. The difference between uh, whether or not I could potentially regain vision and lose sight of my eye completely is a half an inch, you know, that's how far the bullet is away from actually hitting me directly in the eye. So I'm, I'm thankful that I can even have this approach of being able to figure out, you know, what can I do to regain vision versus there was no hope at all.
1: Yeah, you're truly blessed because uh, there was another protester in another city. I forgot where I think it was California or maybe Texas who got hit in the eye and lost his right eye or i think it was his right he lost one of his eyes so it could have definitely went a different way
2: exactly his name is Balin Brake. um i've actually he's one of nine i think either one of nine or one of eight there is another uh individual named linda Torado. she was actually um at the hearing with me in front of congress on monday speaking about violation of first amendment rights and she lost her eye she was a reporter that was documenting the protest in uh, Minnesota and she completely lost vision in her left eye.
1: Man, I'll tell you, like just watching that stuff on the news, it made me kind of scared to even go out to a protest as, as much as I want to be involved, but just thinking about how the police were acting, it was just like, man, I was scared. I mean, we had a protest where I live in Titusville and I ended up going, but it was in the back of my mind. Well, maybe not as much for mine because ours our protest was small. It was, like, maybe 300 people out, so it was pretty under control. Like, there was no... It was actually a really positive experience, so I didn't have a bad experience, but just seeing it on the news in different cities, it, it kind of made me nervous, like... Because all it takes is one person to act up, and then, you know, all hell can break loose.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people feel that way, and um, I, I, I don't know if I'm just... Uh, Stubborn or um, <laughs> crazy, but I when I get to go from my doctors that I'm a little bit better, I'm, I plan on being back out there again. So I don't want fear to stand in the way of me being a part of something that I think is going to be amazing. I really, really think the, the millennials and the Gen X generation are going to force. Some change in the country and i, I want to be a part of it in whatever way
1: i can yeah we've seen that in history i mean as as we've seen over the years all of the big changes that happen all the big protests is normally the younger generation like the whole civil absolutely. rights era was it was the younger people that were fighting and protesting with martin luther king and i mean he was fairly young himself too only only 39 when he was killed so. yes
2: absolutely
1: so yeah like it's, it's definitely important to stay out there and, and keep the fight on um, going. And I, I commend you for wanting to get back out there. I'm, I'm going to pray for you and your safety and, and, and that you can make it to full health, full strength, regain uh, the vision, and hopefully everything will, will work itself out. Uh, it was crazy, too, because I didn't even realize this at the time, but I didn't realize the, the, the protest that you were at was the same one where they had the video of the, the cop who pushed the, I think it was the girl who was kneeling down. And then he kind of got yelled at by the black woman cop. And I, I thought that was pretty powerful because that's something we need more of where these where these other cops are standing up to the bad ones. And for a black woman, none, nonetheless, I don't know if you saw that video, but apparently it was the same. Oh, pro- I did. Yeah, it was the same one you were at. I didn't realize it at first.
2: That was about five, maybe... 10 minutes, it seems like, or 15 minutes before what happened to me. It was such a small window because that is what shifted um, kind of the, the energy of the crowd. And that's what happened. So it is weird to, to know because I found that out in the hospital later on that people were, was it in the hospital or at home later? I don't remember. It's starting to become a blur, but I found that out afterwards that that is what actually got the crowd because I had been there for three hours and it was great you know the goal of the day was to connect with people talk about voting everything and we were you know we were all good (laughs) and then that particular moment is what frustrated people and I think you know um, people will say a lot of things about um, protesters uh, or demonstrators um, in regards to what you see on the media but people were really out there to do the right thing. We can't always say a hundred percent of the people are there for that, but the majority of the people just wanted to be a part of something. And they just, you know, they were upset about what they saw with George Floyd and they felt, they felt encouraged to get up and do something and to, to, to do that. And it to be met with the same thing you're protesting about. Of course, it's going to make people angry and it's going to make people frustrated.
1: No, I agree. I agree. Um, but like I said, it was good to see that one police officer holding the other one accountable, yelling at him. I mean, who knows what else happened after they left. But that part that was caught on camera, it gave me hope that, you know, some of these officers will start speaking up and speaking out of, uh, about what they're seeing. So um, how is it looking in Fort Lauderdale right now as far as the protests go? I know you're not actively out there, uh, but are you are you hearing from anybody or is it on the news is, is it still going on the way it was or is it kind of slowing down or it's
2: still, it's still going. There were uh, demonstrations that took place a few days later. And as I, as I think there were some that happened last week, I think that people are still going out into the community and still, you know, maybe in a, a smaller crowd. And a lot of it is probably what's kind of, um, Toning down the crowd is also going to be COVID. Unfortunately, uh, there are several people that I know that were participated in some demonstrations that actually are positive. So there are some instances where people are kind of toning it down beyond that. But the beautiful thing about that is that even if you're not physically somewhere, everyone has the power to be on social media, continuing to share the message and and continuing to drive more information out there.
1: Absolutely. And, it was very powerful just the fact that we are in a pandemic and that many people came out and protested from the beginning and it's still going on and that just shows you how important the issues are right now man uh of course one thing i'm wondering across the world yeah yeah we saw it out in france uh germany wow i saw germany they were out there deep in germany and that's that's something you really probably would never expect just because of history and how we we felt viewed sometimes uh the racism of, with other countries you see it a lot the soccer the soccer matches and how they treat some of these black players so to see all these countries standing up finally and saying something it, it said a lot uh have you kept in touch with any of the people that helped you helped you up and carried you to safety after you were you were struck?
2: all the time we're all connected on instagram i'm connected with a few of them on facebook And uh, I do have all their numbers. Um, Hopefully, once I was thinking that coronavirus wouldn't come back with a vengeance. Well, I don't want to say come back with a vengeance because it never left. But I didn't think the numbers would spike so significantly. And I was hoping to be able to connect with them, like going to dinner or doing something, just because, again, I'm uh, extremely thankful for them because they acted so quickly. And without, you know, even concern for themselves, they got me to that hospital and then followed up with me afterwards but i do try to keep in contact with them as much as possible and there's
1: that's great because i saw the video and i saw how quickly they did react and they carried you to safety and wow it was it was it was definitely an emotional thing to see just because i know you personally so uh it was very sad about what happened but just the way people reacted and stepped up that that made me feel good about about the future of the country and that there's a lot of people who who do want to on the right side of history when all is said and done uh definitely it's been about a week that's gone by i know we wanted to do this last week but uh, our schedule is just in the line but i still want to talk about some of these these topics uh even though they might not be as prevalent or as i guess right in front of our faces but still important uh i want to start with the rayshard brooks story i mean we all know the story about him falling asleep uh, in the drive-thru of a Wendy's and being uh, – had the cops called on him. And then they woke him up. They gave him a, a – dr- not drug test. Uh, I guess what is it called? A DUI test or sobriety test? Oh, the
2: breathalyzer. Yeah. The breathalyzer test.
1: Yeah. So and then he was found to be under the influence. Uh, very calm in the videos we saw. Offered to, to walk home or have somebody pick him up. And they just were like, no, you're under arrest. And then – He felt, I don't, I mean, you know, you can't speak for him in the moment, what, what he was feeling, but maybe he was scared of what might happen or how he was going to be treated. So he, you know, wrestled with them and tried to get away and he did like start running away and then was shot in the back and was, was killed. Uh, there was a lot of debate on it on if the police were right in what they did or if, if they were justified to use that force, uh, Me personally, I don't I don't think it was justified. I don't think I know he took the taser and I know he he shot it at them or fired it at them or whatever. But I still didn't think he posed enough of a threat to be shot in the back. I don't know. how. What's your thoughts on that?
2: I agree. I I think that one of the the biggest things I've ever heard about the police department is that they're there to de-escalate situations. And if he's drunk and when someone is inebriated. They're not as coherent. They're not in their right minds. They're not, um, and some people are even more defensive when they're drunk. So the situation should have been approached in a different way. And, and the the continuously questioning him, because that went on for a long time. And, and considering the state of where we are in a country and where, you know, we we watch, I think um, Killer Mike called it basically uh Uh, uh, what did he say about the videos that we're watching? It's like trauma porn. Watching all these
3: videos,
2: watching these videos of seeing black men being killed and brutalized by police officers, that will put you in a place where you're going to be fearful and you may be uneasy. So the way that they continue to question him and ask him the same things over and over and over again, it will change and shift the mood of someone eventually because you don't know what's going to happen. So oh, I know I don't agree that they should have shot him. I, I it, it's a taser. After a certain distance, it doesn't. They, he wouldn't be able to tase them anyway. You have to be within a certain proximity of someone in order for it to be effective. So let him go. His car is there. Yeah. What, do you, what would be the point of shooting him? I honestly, you can find his information.
1: That's true, and that's that's the point I was making when I was talking to some of my friends. It's like you already know where he lives. So even if he runs away let him go. You could still go to his house tomorrow and, and arrest him, or whatever. But I didn't even think they needed to arrest him in the first place. I thought, you know, it's not like he was driving on the road. Yes. He was under the influence, but he's in a parking lot. He's not causing a threat to anybody. I probably would have made, you know, called somebody, made them call somebody to pick him up. Or even in the old days, I'm sure these police officers give people rides home. Like it's just certain, a yeah. lot of different things that could have been done before it even got to that point. And if he was white, who knows, maybe they would have treated him a little differently. Um, but I don't think they needed but, to even try to arrest him in the first place.
2: Of course. And that's the problem with the, calling them, the police being the full, uh, bearing the full responsibility of responding to nonviolent crimes like that. Even if he wasn't driving, I think the rule is, and it may vary state to state, if your keys are in the ignition, or if your keys are in, um, visibly the police are visibly able to see it, you can still be charged with a DUI.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's
2: the so so that's the problem is that they still probably would have taken him to jail, and because legally they can do it, and we know that unfortunately a lot of the giving breaks doesn't always it's it always extended to certain people. It's just unfortunate because everything that you're saying is the reason why you know, potentially reallocating money to certain departments could diffuse that situation by letting people come that would have a different response, that would have different training to specifically dealing with that type of situation.
1: And what's crazy about it, I just thought about this, but I remember back when I was in my mid-20s and um, I was hanging out with some of my friends one night, and one of my friends was talking to, uh, to a woman. You know, they were talking or whatever. Not not there at the time, but they had some type of thing going on, and he got a call from her late at night saying they had just gotten pulled over for one of their friends was drunk, uh, and the cop was going to give them a DUI, but he said, hey, tell tell your friends to come. One of them drive the car home, and I won't arrest you guys. I think they got, like, a ticket. So we, we ended up heading over there. I drove the car because I was sober, and then we took the girls home, and that was... I'm sure probably because they were white, (laughs) it happened. But that's stuff I think about where it's like, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to escalate if, if they're not a threat or if they're not, you know, a problem. But I will say part of the story, I, I forgot this part too. And maybe this is why Rayshard Brooks ran. I didn't realize, but he was on probation too. So he probably was scared that, you know, what, if this charge, I'm going to go back to jail and that probably caused him to react that way. But it's to the Definitely. point now with the police. And I said this on Facebook last week. If I see somebody committing a crime, if it's not a felony, I'm not calling the police. If you're asleep in a parking lot and you're drunk, I'll wake you up. You know, I probably try to help you. Like, hey, let me help you get get home, whatever, take your keys from you. but. I'm just not calling the police for small things because of the way it's resulting in people's deaths like this is just not worth it.
2: It's scary. And you're speaking to speaking to me. I that's one of the things like I'm working to devise a plan with my friends and family. If I need an emergency, how can I call them instead of calling law enforcement? Because unfortunately, mentally, that's, a, that, that's going to be the, the, the biggest struggle for me it, beyond regaining my vision is redeveloping trust, you know, rebuilding trust when, I, the, when the people that are there to protect me were the people that hurt me. So that's, that's huge for me. It's like, I, And I'm a, a woman that, that lives alone. So there are many instances where I may need to call them if something happens, but I don't know if I feel comfortable in doing so, at least not at the moment.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I also remember a time I was driving home from work at like five in the morning and I pull up to the light. I believe it was Alafaya and Colonial. And if not, it was the one before that It was the light before where the Walmart is. And I was on Colonial and there was a car next to me and we have a green light and he's just sitting there. And I look over and I'm like, oh, this guy's sleeping. But I'm not thinking, oh, let me call the police. I just honk my horn, wake him up. And he looks at me, and he just starts driving away. And I'm like, you know, that's just how I act in certain situations. It's like I'm not, I'm not that type that's gonna call the police for small things. I don't know if he was drunk or not, but it could have resulted in something worse if they came. So, uh,
2: absolutely. And I, I, that's the other issue is why do people call the call law enforcement over the most frivolous things? Sometimes it's just like you know, especially if it doesn't have a profound effect on you or a profound effect on the public like there's no one in danger we, we, i mean we see it, we've seen it all over the internet the last few years but some of the things that people even decide are worthy enough to call 911 over that's a part of the problem as well it's just you don't have to do that you can you can easily walk away or you can easily you know if you if you feel comfortable enough diffuse the situation or just go away Mind your business. I think minding our business is a very a very important concept that a lot of us have forgotten
1: about. I agree with you. And uh, I also agree with you when you said we need different departments for de-escalation. Um, I posted a story on Facebook. I think it was like last week I posted this story. It was old. It was from like 2017. And it was the story in uh, from Miami where the, the mental health therapist, I believe he was a therapist out there with a the guy with autism who was having like a breakdown. And he's in the street, and the, the therapist is trying to talk to him and calm him down. The police show up. The therapist has his arms up and is just like, yo, I'm just helping. Don't shoot me. And then he ends up getting shot still. And it's like those are the type of things where we don't need police to respond to. We need, we need somebody who's a professional who knows what they're doing. I don't know how much mental health training these police officers have, so we don't need them to respond to those type of nonviolent calls. Absolutely.
2: But, and beyond the mental health training to deal with people with mental health, but mental health training to deal with the things that they see on a regular basis.
3: I don't oh, think yeah. there's
2: enough mental training and mental mental health resources that are provided to police officers, because I don't want to ever bash police officers as, in, as an entirety. I think there are really great officers out there, and I think they don't have enough mental health resources to deal with the things that they see on a regular basis. Yeah. And, you know, there's so there, there's a lot, a lot of the problems is just in training in, in how we view really hard time with what, with what, what I just saw. I feel like that, especially if it's a, a male police officer, now your masculinity is being challenged and whether or not you're capable of doing your job. But honestly, if you're seeing traumatic things over and over again, you probably should speak to someone. You probably should be there should be an in-house counselors that are there to talk them through that. And
1: we need to do something about the de-escalation. We need some somebody for these police officers to talk to when they have issues going on. Um, a lot of times they don't provide that in these jobs. We see that a lot in the military where the soldiers will come home from overseas. They've seen a lot of stuff and they don't know who to talk to about it. And then we see a lot of suicides within the military, too, as a result of that. So something Absolutely. to look into when they start talking about uh police reform or maybe not defu- yeah defunding moving some resources over to other places just stuff like that uh and then you wanted to talk about what was going on in Atlanta was it with the the races that are going on the the uh no. Well, the
2: commissioners, um, two weeks after what happened to Richard Brooks, and we saw beyond even before that with the, the demonstrations around George Floyd, and then what happened to Rashard Brooks, people were, you know, very vocal and very present regarding their wants and needs of potentially reallocating some of the funding to other social organizations or creating social organizations to address specific issues. And multiple commissioners actually voted to increase the budget of the police department completely disagreeing with the cries of the cities. that's the other thing around this is that everyone has to pay attention to every local official in your community from now on. If we're out on the forefront when it comes to the protest, you have to pay attention you follow them on social media, get on their email list but you have to pay attention to them because even after, we saw the protests in Atlanta. We saw how many people were out there, how vocal and how active people were in their disdain for what happened. And for them to come two weeks later and vote to increase funding, it's, it's a slap in the face of the community that's asking you to do something
1: different. I didn't even hear about that part. I am have to read into that a little bit more. I had no idea that they increased the funding. I just saw recently that California, uh, Los Angeles, and I believe San Francisco both said they're going to start uh sending non-armed uh officials that are you know that know what they're doing as far as mental health and stuff to some of these non-violent offense uh calls so I think we need to see that in more cities but Atlanta I'm very surprised that they voted to increase because Atlanta you know there's a lot of black people there I believe it's majority black population uh, I'm not sure what all counts as Atlanta because nowadays it's You can be a hundred miles out and claim Atlanta. So not sure all of what Atlanta is, but to me, it's a majority black city. That's what it looks like. Every time I go there. Uh, did you see the story about Elijah McClain? This is a year old, but it's starting to resurface now after everything that's going on.
2: Yes. I saw, I heard about it a few weeks ago and, um, uh, that it's just that's heartbreaking and, and not saying that the other issues that we're talking about are heartbreaking, but that hits at a different level because you, you, a lot of times when this, when these incidents happen, you do have a very strong conservative and right presence that can find a way to talk, talk down the, the, um, the horrible uh, presence of the officers and what they did, but you can't do anything with this video. There's nothing that you can say that this young man could have done differently to save himself, and no. there's nothing that you can say would have made these officers feel as though they needed to approach him that way, continue to treat him that way, and then lie afterwards about what they did to him. It's, th- it's atrocious. It's yeah, I thought he was.
1: Atrocious. I thought he was in his right, right. Uh, my- Uh, within his rights when he told them you know why are you stopping me I you don't have a right to arrest me like and then they're like you look suspicious and it's like that's your reasoning (laughs) that part was was crazy to me that that's they were able to just go off of that and then it escalate and I didn't think they had a, a, a a case there I'm surprised that they didn't they didn't face any charges they I don't even know if they lost their jobs I think None of them lost their jobs. I think they've been reassigned.
2: No, they didn't lose their job. Uh, they've only been reassigned after what happened and after the millions and millions of people have vocalized their concerns over it. And honestly, I don't know if they've been reassigned because of the... Um,
1: they said it was because the, their, 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 their f- true The fear, their, the, the
2: retaliation. Yeah, it's because of the... Exactly, fear of retaliation and not for, again, accountability for what happened.
1: Yeah and then you see the videos they posted videos of him of Elijah McClain and just showing the type of person he was and just such a, a a beautiful spirit man not not harmful at all uh he was playing the guitar or violin for the for cats uh I saw a video of him coming in on his birthday to his, his parents house and just the joy that you could see in his face the night he was he was murdered he, he leaves the convenience store he's buying something at the counter and he he bows on the way out like he just shows a lot of you know compassion and just nice to everybody and very unassuming and and I always tell my friends I'm like yo you guys can say this what you're supposed to do when you stop by the police but when you're minding your business and you're walking and you know you've never you're you're not under suspicion for anything you're just walking and police come up to you talking about you're under arrest who is willingly just putting their hands out and saying arresting me? Like, I know me, I'm going to have a lot of questions. I'm not just going to let you that arrest me when right. I know I've done nothing wrong. Like, this guy had no idea they were even looking for him. He had no idea somebody called the police on him. It was just very, very, he was caught off guard. And I, I sympathize with his family over this because I don't know anybody in that situation that's just willingly letting the police arrest him. I don't know.
2: And, and, and I... No, I, I don't think that people should do that. And I, I always wonder because I'm, I want to be honest and say that a lot of times it, it's not even that whole, well, you should have just complied and just answered the question. I feel like it's typically directed when it's a black person or people of color, because I honestly, a lot of the people that make those comments, if they were in the same exact situation, they would not just sit there and take it and, and, and completely give up their rights based off of, of being looking suspicious or no, no no addressing of any crime at all. It just seems like it's a very comfortable narrative to be able to say, to denounce the fact that Black people and people of color are treated very differently, especially when you see in a situation with him than people that are non-Black. Yeah, or non people of color.
1: I don't know how you're supposed to comply when you're not when you're caught off guard like that and you're not expecting to be arrested like you're walking home. I just
2: and then it speaks to the person that called nine one one two. Why does that matter to you that someone is walking and going home? I mean, it's just it's just strange. Like I don't it, I don't understand it, that. It goes I back. I look at I see yeah.
1: it. I was just saying it goes back to what I said about don't call the police for stupid things. Like, <laughs> Somebody's walking down the street. You don't see them. You don't see them looking in their house or robbing a house. Like, why are you calling the police? Because they're just walking. They have a mask on. I mean, I've been in plenty of cities where it's been cold and people are wearing masks, and it's normal. So, I don't know yeah, if it's – Yeah, I don't know. And this is the I, same place where the guy, the white guy, shot up the movie theater and was taken alive. That—that's another thing that gets lost. Aurora, Colorado—the same exact city where we had—I uh, forgot his name, but he shot up the movie theater. Uh, I think his name was James. It was James something. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. But yeah, he shot up the theater. And was taken alive.
2: Yeah, the movie theater uh, was it opening night of um, Dark Night yeah, or it was something?
1: The Batman, Batman movie. Yeah, it's just it's it, it,
2: the the. James Holmes, the capability is there. Mm-hmm. It's just that restraint. It's just because the you know I, I made that post about I don't know if you saw it, but um, it was two days or a day before about uh, the uh, I was in an Uber, I was in a shared Uber, which that's always a mistake.
3: Oh, no, but, I didn't see um, this post.
2: There was there was a retired NYPD police officer that was very inebriated and just kind of blabbing off at the mouth, and the driver it was me and him. And the driver was of Caribbean descent. I'm not exactly sure where, exa- where, but he just told us about, he felt very comfortable to tell us about how uh, at his time in, in NYPD, NYPD, how they particularly used more aggressive tactics when it came to Black people and how they were informed by their commanders that it's okay to use those aggressive tactics and you should always be on alert because typically black people are more violent. That's And have he seen felt that so comfortable saying that to us. And it wasn't, it was just as a matter of fact and not, you know, apologetic or not um, that really sucks that we did that. It was just like, okay, yeah, we did that. <laughs> Bye. Have a good night. Notice. But I, that, that,
1: those and those retired NYPD officers though love love telling you about all the bad things they've done. I've I've heard podcasts where where they've been on there talking about how they let the drug dealers do whatever they want cuz they were paying them. Just it was a lot of crooked stuff going on back then and probably still in the NYPD. Oh, definitely.
2: If, if there's one department in the country that I feel a lot of crooked things take place. I I think
1: NYPD is one of them. <laughs> I think LAPD is up there too. I'll probably say those two. Those two are the top. Oh,
2: you're right. You are right.
1: Yeah, but uh, the there hasn't really been a lot of change in the case with the Elijah McClain. We're still, we're still fighting for it. Uh, they said they're opening it back up to review it, and they're doing the same thing with the Breonna Taylor, I'm praying that we can get some justice, but... We know, we know how this usually goes. I hope that this will be different, though, because both of those people deserve justice. Uh, the Elijah McClain story is just heartbreaking, man. And then when you see the video, it's just even harder for you to watch and of, understand. Of course,
2: he's the kind of person. He's the kind of person that we need more of in this world. That type of pure, compassionate, gen- just gender, just, just gen- gentle. Sorry, gentle soul. That's what we need more of
1: his last words, too. And just saying how he would never hurt anybody. And he's an introvert. He's sorry. uh, He didn't mean for them to be upset. Like he's apologizing to them as they're killing him. It's hard to watch Mm -hmm. because he did nothing wrong. And yet he's still apologizing in his final moments. That's that just shows you the type of person he is and how much compassion he had. And they still treated him that way, man. So. It could happen to anybody that just, it's just a reminder that it can happen to any of us.
2: I know it's just, no one is, no one is is safe or immune to it. And that's why we have to, I hope that everyone continues to stay on top of this story. And, you know, it's going to be a long journey. It may not be something that happens immediately, but we have to be very active in the fact that if we see that the district attorney and whatever local leadership in both cases aren't doing anything and aren't listening to the community, then we got to vote them out and vote someone in that's one too. I so that's going to have to be the routine that we start to do is when we start to see leaders that we elect aren't listening to us. Okay, when when is your term up? We're going to vote you out and put someone in your place that will. Yeah. We, just, we have to. and We have to stay on top of it, unfortunately.
1: I agree. I want to uh, jump back to the, to the Rayshar Brooks story real quick because I forgot to bring this up during... I was talking about it. Uh, the cop who shot him, Garrett uh, Rolf was charged with murder, and I don't think he's out. I think he's still in jail. I don't think he bonded out. Um,
2: I think he bonded out this week. Oh, I thought I okay. something about out.
1: it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was released on five hundred thousand dollar bond. Uh, do you think he'll he'll be found guilty in this? And if if you do, no. do you, What do you think his sentence will be? Or do you think he'll have any sentence? So you're saying no guilt.
2: He's like, not. No, he's not going to be found
1: guilty as murder. Do you know it's that? It's very hard to prove. He had a 2015 shooting too, where he kind of was, he shot somebody and he freaked out like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get fired for this. And then that guy lived and he ended up like following charges against them and or suing them because uh, he was he felt like he was unfairly shot. But this guy has a history of doing this. So I, I don't know if they'll use that against him in court, but it's interesting to, to point out.
2: I think I think they will use it against him, and I think that even if he is convicted of murder, the police union is going to put up the money to be able to fight it and to get his charges overturned. I think, um, unfortunately, the way the laws are set between what you have to prove for murders for police officers, it is very, very, very specific, and this unfortunately just doesn't meet that 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 language of proof of murder and I think what happens is and I, I actually did a live with a, um, a lawyer a few weeks ago and we, we, we spoke specifically about this is that sometimes because of the public outrage the charges they are higher than what you can actually prove and that's because the the district attorney or you know whoever's in charge of, of putting the charges together are responding to public outrage but realistically they can't prove that and, and not saying that he shouldn't, he's not guilty. You have to be able to prove it based on the law that's currently in place. And it just doesn't look, 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 look good that that's going to happen. Yeah. But we'll see, it's you know,
1: a, it's a tougher one to prove than the, the George Floyd. I think that one's open and shut. This, this will probably be a little tougher for them to prove just because he turned and shot yeah. at them with the, with the taser. They'll probably use that as their main argument.
2: Absolutely. And, and that's why in some cases, until the laws are changed, it is better to go for lesser charges that still may have a significant, um, a good amount of a sentence. And then also beyond just the sentence, it gets their badges taken away and gets them off the street. You have to go for that because when you go for something like murder, the chances of it actually being proven and him found guilty, it is very low. And it it
1: sucks, but that's just that's what we're facing right now yeah it's it's sad. Um, I'll be monitoring that that case as it goes to trial. I'm sure we all will be. It's a national story. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about Aunt Jemima. We had a wild week a couple weeks ago where <laughs> Aunt Jemima came under controversy. uh Uncle Ben caught it too cream a wheat guy caught it they all they all caught it and now these companies are are talking about removing all of them because they are racist or they've been deemed racist. I I wanna know, do you think, are we overreacting or do they really need to go?
2: I I believe um, it's a very sensitive subject because I don't wanna ever say that people are overreacting to something that truly, truly affects them. But I would like to know, is this something that truly affects a, a resounding amount of people? Or is this a knee-jerk reaction of leadership of those corporations because they didn't want to catch any heat? And who were the ones that spoke to the importance of correcting? Now, if you have an executive board that is uh, all white males that said, let's do this, then that's a problem. Now, if you had some leadership with people of color and and there was diversity and they said, you know, this could be a good thing, then that, that sets it up in a right way. I, I don't I don't think people are overreacting. I think you're going to have, of course, a little bit of divide with this. Some people are going to say it's very sensitive. But there's history behind all of the imagery and behind some of the messaging. And um, it's, that's a tough one for me just because I, I see both sides of the issue. I don't necessarily think, I don't want to focus on Uncle Ben's rights right now and Aunt Jemina. I would prefer those companies say, hey, this is, we recognize that this is what something about the culture and history of our product. We want to let you know that we don't stand by that, but because of what we're doing in the community, instead of us saying we're going to change the image, what we're going to do is we're going to provide $100 million to the Black community. What we're going to do is to show that as we use this name, that this name is going to stand for something that is improving, that is contributing to the betterment of the community. I would prefer that. Than just we're
1: gonna change the names. Okay, what else are you doing? Yeah, because <laughs> I don't. I've I've read a little bit about uh, Aunt Jemima. It's definitely an ugly history of of how it started. Um, I think the biggest issue I'm having with it, and I haven't really found out what the truth is here, but some people are saying that her family got a lot of money from it. I've heard the family hasn't gotten much money, and. If, if the family has not gotten paid properly for the use of her name and, well, not the name. They had the name already. The character came after the name. But if they haven't compensated yes. the family on it, I definitely would be cool with them getting rid of it. I mean, I already think it's a nasty syrup, first of all, just because I'm not into the buttery syrup. I need my syrup a little more maple, but.
2: Yeah, I kind of like Canadian syrup. I'm sorry, America is so much better. Yeah,
1: it but, is. Um, it is. <laughs> do you so know anything better. about that but part I, though about the family if they've gotten paid off of it because some people are like oh you've gotten millions and i'm like i don't i heard that hasn't been confirmed
2: i haven't been able to confirm it either and I I know that some of the family has spoken out about it and said that they didn't want to remove the name, but honestly, it's not it's not the name as much as the original image because we see that the image of the original Aunt Jemima has changed
1: yeah,
3: so
2: much over the years.
3: The original, it, you know, um,
2: it used to look the original looked like a, a regular Southern black grandmother, and now it's like Miss mis- Impossible, like it completely shifted. The image of it. So that's the thing is that you don't have I haven't been able to find well, not out just the not image.
1: I've seen other things of the older Aunt Jemima that were more uh what's the, what's it called when uh the not blacks but is it black exploitation, but where, you know, chucking and jiving and the words they were using, uh gotta get rid of her or you gotta change it, change the name, something, but it was tied to a lot of that 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 history of uh of I forgot what it was called back in the day where, you know, they had the movies that made it portrayed black people to look a certain way and act a certain way. Yeah. And they had her acting like that. And that's the part that wow. people, I think that's what really got people talking about. She has to go. I don't think it was the, the way she looked. I think it was the way they had her acting. And I don't know what oh, uncle okay. Ben did. I don't, I don't know what uncle Ben or the cream of wheat guy, there's so much going off and going on in the world i didn't really read too much into the uncle ben or cream of wheat stories but i knew aunt jemima, aunt jemima was like the big one and then after aunt jemima they just started talking about everybody else yeah
2: i see what you're talking about now i see one of the previous boxes and it said eyes in town honey
1: yeah yeah so, just
2: yeah the way they were talking and then even even the picture of aunt jemima is pretty much blackface because no black person has black, like literal, literal black skin. Yeah. There, there is some, there is some problems with some overtones. It. Um, and, and I think if, 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 if it's something that people are, if it's, if it's um, sensitive to some people and if it's sensitive to a majority of people, then change it. I don't care. Like those are the things that I, I'm not going to fight for something that affects people way that they can they, they associate it with something that's virtual and historically they're aware of the context and aware of, of of how the company began or how the brand began, I think you should do it. I'm okay with that. Like I d I've never understood how people are so passionate about something that doesn't even affect them.
1: Yeah I don't like know you who's, can
2: still buy the mix.
1: Who's still holding on to like who's fighting that hard for Aunt Jemima Sarah? Like it's Sarah. You'd be shocked <laughs>
2: Like, I saw on on like a, a news station, some of them I follow on Facebook and people were so upset about it. And it's like you, it, the, the mix isn't going to change. It's still going to taste the same way. It's just going to be a more culturally appropriate name. There's no way Why that name means so much?
1: that much to them. There's no way. I think they're just mad because we are talking about taking it away. Anytime black people talk about f- oppression or taking something away from white people, they get very defensive and they want to argue with, with us about it. And it's not even about what the actual topic is. They just don't like that. We are trying to control something. I think that's what has more to do with
2: it. Oh, absolutely. I saw a post of a former coworker and I wanted to get into it, but I didn't. And he said, um, that he was upset that the Black Lives Matter movement was coming after Abraham Lincoln. And he said, well, I'm not an American. I wasn't born here, but you should know your history. And that last line of knowing Uh, your history really kind of set me off because you're so wrong. You are so wrong about what you're saying, but this is what happened.
1: Lincoln owned slaves. Uh, He said the only reason he was ending slavery was to save the nation. He didn't care one way or the other, whether, whether we had slaves or not, he just wanted to save the nation. So I don't know what Absolutely. history he's talking about.
2: And he wanted to send us to Liberia. He didn't want us to once he once we were free. He didn't want us to be able to uh, enjoy the fruits of our labor in this country. Of uh, after we helped to build it, he wanted to send us to Liberia. Mm-hmm. So there, and there, there are so many other speeches and, and documented language from him that it. it, it truly expressed that he never wanted equality for blacks in this country. He never wanted
1: that. And we see uh, how him freeing the the slaves led to Juneteenth, which uh, happened because he freed the slaves in 1863. And the people in Texas knew, but they were like, we're not going to act on it until the official word gets to us. So I guess the order didn't really make it to them until 1865. Uh, and then that was yeah. the, the last day that uh, the last official day of slavery. Now, they, they do say that there were slaves still in other places, but that was the last official day of slavery, June 19th, 1865. So we have the holiday Juneteenth now, which has been picking up steam over the last few years. And this year it was just like, boom, I like exploded. Yeah, sure it was a we- c- celebration this year.
2: Make sure we thank President Trump for making it popular. I don't know if you saw that tweet.
1: I saw that, and before he even knew what Juneteenth was, because I don't even believe he knew what the holiday was until this year, I've been hearing about it on my social media for at least the last three to four years. Um, And each year it it built more steam. It picked up. But I had been hearing about it pretty consistently for like the last four years. Then after all the stuff that went on this year, it just got huge. Everybody was talking about it. Some people didn't know what it was, but I I, I was aware of it. Now, I'm going to say I wasn't aware of it up until probably the last four or five years ago. But, yeah, I knew of it since then. It wasn't taught to me in school. Uh, I think most people didn't learn about it in school. Did you know what the, what Juneteenth was?
2: No, I didn't learn about it in school. I learned about it in my early 20s, and because of and I learned about it because of community work because of um, working with a particular black nonprofit organization that, that, that celebrated it. That's how I learned about it.
1: Okay. Do you think it should be a national holiday going forward? I've seen some companies already have said they're making it a holiday. Nike said they're making it a holiday. They're paying their employees for like a day off. Um, Was it Amazon or it's not Amazon. Somebody else said it that they were going to do it. There was a few big companies that really came out in support of it this year. I told my coworkers, hey, I'm going to try to get us this day off next year or at least get it as paid, uh, paid holiday. Um, so hopefully going forward, it will be considered a national holiday. I mean, it's our Independence Day. I think that's the least America could do is give us our own Independence Day.
2: I, I think it should. I mean, when we think about it's not our Independence Day, it's, it should be an American Independence Day. Because so that's one of the things with this whole the issues of what we're dealing with with the black community. Blacks are still Americans. So this is an American issue. And I hate that we're, it's so quickly being we distinguish between the black issue and the American issue. No, that's that's another American Independence Day. So it absolutely should be a day that's celebrated nationally and it should be recognized because even though we're fighting against what's happening in this country right now, we are Americans fighting an American issue. And I, I, and I even when I spoke at the hearing, I said, I, I'm, we're, I'm not going to keep talking about this as it's a, it's just a, a black issue. No, this is an American issue that we need to face and we need to deal with. So, yes, it should be a part of the regular Independence Day that we celebrate. We should be celebrating Juneteenth as an Independence Day as
3: well.
1: I agree. Uh, is there a video of your hearing anywhere on the Internet that we could watch?
2: Uh, yeah, it is. I'll share the link with you. They posted it to their, um, their YouTube, and I think it's also on another different platform, but I'll share it with you. It's under, it's, it's, it's a long interview because there were, I think, six other panelists that spoke about their infringement on their First Amendment rights, and then there's afterwards, there were an open kind of forum question where every one of the, the chair, the chairman, as well as the representatives had five minutes to speak to um, each panelist and ask questions.
1: And do you know the the title of it? So if anybody's listening now, they would know like what to search for on YouTube for it.
2: So it's the house, the subcommittee on civil liberty, civil liberties and civil reform. And if you go, it was Monday, June 29th was the interview.
1: Okay. I might have to go back and check that out.
2: Um, so yeah, it's a, Civil Rights and Civil Liberties, and uh, if you go to YouTube and just search for the United States House Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties, you can look at the June 29th um, interview. And it's good. It's interesting because two of the other panelists that were actually, well, there were four total that were um, brutalized at protests. And like I said, one was from the Toronto who lost her eye. There was another... Um, and that was in Minneapolis. There was another reporter who was actually beaten as well. I forget exactly where he was. And there was also another freelance reporter that was assaulted as well. So there, it's you know, it's a there's quite several people from all across the country that experience similar issues.
1: Oh wow! I'm gonna check that out. I've been, I've been. I mean, I'm a big YouTube guy. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. So I watch my church on YouTube. I watch. Uh, interviews all the time on YouTube. So I'm going to definitely check that out. Uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys had to say on that. And you just said something interesting, too, before we got into that topic about how Juneteenth is an American holiday. And it kind of brought me to the back to the point where I was trying to explain to some of my friends on Facebook about how when people say American, sometimes black people don't feel like we're they're talking about us. And we want to be included in that. But a lot of times, when you see the American flag and everybody talking about I'm, I'm American, you feel like it's it's something for white people. It doesn't feel like we're we're a part of that. And I think we need to get to the point where we do feel included in that in in the American heritage and being American. Because a lot of times when you hear yeah. American, you think white, and when you, everything else is kind of specified on what you are. I don't exactly. know if you if you and that's ever problem. yeah. I don't know if you thought that. No, too. I
2: see that all the time. We I see the one of the one of the 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 best memes and quotes that I've seen um from one of the protests. It says that uh what did it say? It said race um, racism is what did it say, like racism oh, yeah, is such an issue in America that when you protest racism people feel like you're protesting America. And it's, it's true. I think it was it racism is, is so
1: American that when you protest racism, you yes. think you're protesting America. Or something like that, but I, yeah, I've seen Absolutely. that one a lot. I've seen that at the at the at the different uh, marches and stuff. Yeah, that was a good one, man. That was definitely good. It definitely made a good point. And if you don't understand it, you probably need to do some more reading. Uh, speaking of reading, so. there was a big story in the news last week. Bubba Wallace supposedly had a noose in his garage. Some people were trying to compare him to Jesse Smollett. Um How dare them! Are we happy with how NASCAR handled this? And first, do you think it was really a noose?
2: I think based on the information that came out after the FBI interview, and I don't know the numbers, but it talked to, it spoke to the amount of stalls and the amount of. Um, how the ropes were tied and how out of all those hundreds and hundreds of stalls or whatever the number may be over a thousand and they only saw. Yeah. Oh, so it was over a thousand, over a thousand. So out of all
1: 11 of of them, 11 tied in knots though, but only one like a noose.
2: Exactly. So I don't think that NASCAR overreacted. I do think that it was, um, maybe the, the statement was so like, Yes, this is what happened and we're annoyed and we're upset about it, which I think that's how you should handle it. But I think that so many people want to be, want to, want to accuse, they were, when it, even even before there was the FBI investigation, people wanted to accuse him of lying. There wasn't even before, so people were so ready to disprove that it existed that unfortunately, because the FBI said there's no, no, we don't find it as a hate crime, then now people are able to run with that. But he's absolutely not a Jesse Smollett. And based off of what it it did look like a noose. Yeah,
1: it's, it's wild because when it first, the story first came out, I'm like, yo, these racist people, here we go again. Then the FBI comes with their report and downplays everything. So I'm like, dang. Now I got to, like, backtrack everything I said. I'm over here deleting Facebook posts because I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) I'm going to look crazy out here. Then the picture (laughs) comes out, and I'm like, wait, this is a noose. Like, we're back to square one. What are you talking about? So it was like a roller coaster. But to me, it was a noose. It was definitely a noose. I know they said it's been there since 2019, but it's still a noose. Whoever tied it, I have questions. Like, why would you tie that rope like that? Maybe it wasn't for Bubba, but it was for somebody.
2: Yeah, maybe it wasn't specifically for Bubba, but maybe it was for someone who um, who who spends their day in white uh, (laughs) sheets on the weekend because
1: (laughs) Bubba wasn't even the one who called it in. It was one of the people who worked for him who saw it first and alerted NASCAR and took the pictures and all that. He saw it later. He saw it later after the during the investigation. So the the blame he was getting, I think, was fair. But it was definitely a noose. Once that picture came out, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is definitely a noose. I don't know how they're trying to I downplay have, this. Uh,
2: I agree. I do the rope climb at the gym all the time, and that rope does not look like that. It's just, I've never, I've, I've tied ropes before, and they've yeah. never looked like that.
1: And I've, I've like so. I said on Facebook, I'm like, you don't need to tie a rope like that to pull a garage down. It doesn't have to be that fancy of a knot. That was like a Boy Scout, like, level not the way they tied that noose like it was it was so many different like i don't even know what it's called when you tie it and you tighten it and all those not kn- i guess it's a knot but it had like five yeah. or six knots in the in the damn thing and then the thing it looked like a noose like i don't think nascar was i think nascar jumped out the window early just because you know nascar's been accused of being racist for so many years by allowing, allowing the confederate flags and now they're taking a stance and they're 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 telling them you can't bring the flags in and they're doubling down on everything. So it's like when they see something that might be racist, they came out firing on it. Like they didn't want to. Yeah. They didn't want to leave any any room for error. So I I wasn't mad at how they handled it. I was more mad at the FBI's response because I thought the FBI, the way they responded and downplayed it kind of made Bubba look bad. But then when the picture comes out, it makes the FBI look bad because we're like that statement you guys gave did not match this picture that we all see.
2: Absolutely. And that's why I'm happy that there was more information released afterwards, because if we just went along with what the FBI said, then it does feel very Jesse smollett But we saw later on that, yeah, it was, it was cause for concern. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yes. And I'm, we'll probably never find out who tied that knot like that because it was so old. I don't think they had video cameras in the garage at the time. But I'm just glad that we got all of the facts out at the end. Like, the picture came out. Because I was seeing some pictures on Twitter when it first started. And it was the knot, but they had cut the knot part off. So it was just like the rope. And people are like, oh, how do you think that's a noose? And once that final picture came out, it's like, you can't really can't deny that one.
2: You can't debate it. You cannot debate it.
1: Um, So with us living in Florida, and we're kind of like, one of the epicenters now, this whole coronavirus happening. But now the NBA is deciding that they are coming down here to restart their season at Disney World. And they're starting their practices. I think they're going to be coming to Disney within the next week or two. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of new cases of, of COVID popping up every day. We had a record one day of 9,000, then another 9,000, and a 10,000. I haven't been keeping up with the numbers for the last few days um, but it's, it's been going up and a lot of people are wondering, should the NBA season still be happening? And especially in Orlando with all the new cases we're having here.
2: I, I, I know people are yearning for their sports and I understand because basketball is one of the very few sports that I still actively watch on a regular basis, but I, I think it should be up to, it's tough. I think if you have players that um, want to play and they're willing to take the risk to do so, that they should be able to um, just because I I really don't want to, you know, I'm speaking from a person who has to go to work every day. I got to go, not, I mean, I work from home most of the days, but I still have to go into the office every so often. So I, I do have a choice to say, I can stay home if I'm not feeling well, or I can do this, but I don't, I don't, I think if the players want to play, then they should be able to. And if there are players that feel uncomfortable because they have their families at home, then they should be able to say that as well. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a really hard time enforcing those players who say they want to play. They're not going to quarantine. They're not going to stay home or stay in a hotel and stay away from their family and their friends. They're not going to stay away from the girls. So it's one of those things where, everyone has to be honest about the fact that everyone's going to be put at risk that decides to play. They have to come out. I'm, I'm really like exhausted with the whole, we're going to save distance. We're going to do that. It's, it's BS. You're not going to, you can't do, you cannot yeah, truthfully well, say that you're going to be able to protect those players.
1: We're going to find out a lot once one of the top players tests positive, if it happens. That's when we're gonna find out how serious they are about playing. Somebody like LeBron or them can't play in again in a, for a couple weeks. We'll we'll see if they really if they really want to keep going with it. I
2: don't think LeBron James is gonna play. I think a lot of the no, he's not playing, a lot, but there were several.
1: LeBron playing? So? Yeah, Did yeah. He say, he's already he's, at the uh, the Lakers. Tweeted out a video the other day of them at practice. He's there. Really? Uh, yeah, Avery Bradley's not playing for the Lakers. But he said it's more of a family issue. He wanted to spend time with his son, who's not going to be able to travel because he's an at-risk person. Uh, Trevor Ariza is oh, okay. not playing for the Blazers. There's a couple other players that are not playing, but for the most part, it seems like the big one—the big names—are going to play. It seems like that, but I think, I think it's the wrong decision right now, just with the way these these numbers are going back up. Um, and I, I just, with everything that's going on in the country, I don't think we need sports right now. Like I haven't had sports since February well, March and I haven't really missed it. Like I know some of my friends probably have cause they're diehard sports fans and I consider myself a diehard sports fan, but I really don't care as much. Like it doesn't bother me that we haven't had sports. You know, I do this podcast and I don't really talk much sports on here because to me, I get bored talking sports all day. I already watched some of the sports talk stuff. So for me, I could have did without it. Like, my last few months, I haven't missed much. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, though, what happens. And if anybody starts catching it, Uh, like you said, these players are going to have a tough time. You think they're not going to stay in the the bubble at Disney? Not all of them are married. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring their friends out there um they said you could bring the families. you know
2: they are
1: well they said you could bring families but i don't know if you can bring non-family members but yeah like you said they'll probably find a way to sneak them in and that's when you start exposing people more to the outside stuff that could give you the virus and uh, yeah it's gonna be an interesting story when one of these players catches it from a girl they flew in from like new york city
2: it's the in the the what we should be asking is how quickly is it going to be shut down? So it's going to be shut down. It's just how quickly is it going to happen? I, I think I agree with you
1: there. I don't think they make it the whole season. I'm gonna say no. it doesn't get past September. No, wait, it starts in July. I'm gonna say it doesn't get past August. Oh, August. Yeah, August for sure. August. Probably mid August because you're mid <laughs> no they August. They'll, they'll get a few weeks in of playing, and then somebody. A lot of people are going to start catching it.
2: Absolutely. Because the numbers are increasing as such. I think they said, like, uh, this week was the, we keep breaking records. We con- we're we constantly breaking record days. So we're, we have worse number of cases now than we did in March and April at the height of the shutdown. Yeah. So they're going to absolutely catch it. It's just how quickly is it going to spread and how many of the top players are going to get it. And you know the only reason why I say let them play is simply because every one of the players on those teams aren't millionaires. You have some players that make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, and depending on how they spend their money, I don't know if they're they're getting paid for sitting at home. I don't know what kind of money they have. So that's why I say there are going to be people that need to play simply because they have to support their family and yeah. they have to support their lifestyle. So
1: a lot of these players a, aren't it's good a with tough money. Call they're not good exactly Um, and we're seeing in the college sports college football in general a lot of these like teams there's players catching coronavirus from working out right now and that's just with them working out wait till they start playing games where it's contact like nba you guys are touching each other the whole game because there's so much contact uh college sports there's contact so it's like you can go all these measures of social distancing now, but when the game start, you guys are going to be hitting and touching, and its I don't see how you can avoid these getting the COVID once it starts. So like you said, it's not a matter of if they'll, they'll play. It's a matter of when the season will, will stop, and I think I'm with you on that. I think the season will stop early. I don't, I don't think we make it to the end of NBA. I don't think we make it to the end of college football. We see how the NFL is acting. They've already canceled two preseason games. The pressure, is, the pressure is starting to get on these people. All these sports were able to chill for like the last month because theirs were their sports weren't going on. But now as we get to July, when all these sports start ramping up, we're gonna see now if they're really ready to go. And I don't think they are.
2: I don't think so either. And I think we seen we think, what's the um the biggest, the tennis player, the Serbian guy, uh, Novik?
1: Novik whatever. Djokovic.
2: Yeah, he he caught the virus like within. I think they said allegedly he caught it at a um a fundraiser.
3: I heard he but was out partying. The,
2: that's what I was gonna say. They also showed him at the club turning
3: up. Yeah, he was so at a lot of clubs. I don't. <laughs>
2: I don't know for sure, but this is the biggest tennis player, tennis star out there. You know, it's it's not. No one is immune from catching it. But I feel like the you know I don't I think they're going to try to do it regardless because you're going to have players that really want to do it. I think you're going to have overwhelming amount of players, whether it's football or basketball or tennis or soccer, that want to play. So they got to figure out what way they can make it happen and appease the 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 the, uh, government, appease the the fans, and also appease the players. But it's going to get shut down. That it's inevitable we were seeing right now we're not even in the second wave we're still hearing about this crazy second wave that we're gonna have this is still the first wave of this virus
1: yeah that's scary we're in the second half of the year now we're gonna see we're gonna see how these uh how these next six months go you know i'm a little worried i was i was like the one who was not taking this serious at first and now i am like more taking precautions i'm wearing my mask when i go in stores now I'm definitely a little bit more cautious uh, with with the NBA season restarting. Do you think it's going to take away from the fight for equality and um, social justice that a few of the players were well, no, that most of the players were fighting for and some were threatening to sit out over that? I know Kyrie Irving was leading the charge over that and he's actually not even making the trip to Orlando, but that had more to do with his injury because he was coming off of surgery, but he was the one that was kind of telling him not to play and focus on the social social justice and it's like do you think they're right in playing can they still keep the attention on everything that's going on or will it take away from the movement yes it
2: takes away from the movement i think when we're speaking about it in regards to what it's doing with um we are we we have a very short attention span like that's just how naturally we are that's why a lot of those very quick videos like those 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 2 minute videos have become popular now because people don't see attention for long. And yeah, if you have sports, then you will shift the attention from the movement. And um that's why I thought before there were several high profile players that had signed on to that, but things changed so quickly.
1: Yeah, they talked uh, about it. They didn't go through with it, but it was it was getting a lot of traction. It just didn't end up going through. I mean, Kyrie, he led the the charge on it, but when it came down to it, they all said they could be more uh, impactful on the court because they're they're they'll be interviewed more, their faces are on TV more, and they can speak out more against everything. Um, so I don't I don't know and I, if I agree or not. I guess I'll just have to wait to see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, I think that's why it's one of those things where. In a perfect world, which I know we don't live in a perfect world, but I would say, yes, I would love for them to not play simply because of the safety issues, simply because of where we are in the climate of the country. But I just know sports is the one thing in this country that people want to come together about. (laughs) And I just know it's no matter how much we advocate against it, it's going to happen. But I know it's going to get shut down quickly. So we'll get back to where we were and we'll, we'll get back to the movement fairly quickly because it's not going to last long yeah it's, just, it's we, we don't have the virus under control we see we don't have it under control nope so it don't, it won't last very
1: long uh shout out to the WNBA too because a few of their players have said they're sitting out the season to focus on the social justice so they're more they're more on board with it and speaking of more shout out to maya Moore who's who sat out the last two seasons to fight for social justice um and reform and everything and she actually got a man. Uh, she was part of the reason that Jonathan Irons was freed from prison. Um, who He was sentenced to 50 years, and she got him out. She got the sentence overturned. She was took off the WNBA season the last two seasons to help fight for him. And he's a 40-year-old man, and he was sentenced to 50 years in prison after being convicted of breaking into a home outside of St. Louis twice you know, and twice shooting a homeowner. He was 16 at the time that the crime took place. So, wow, that was over 20 years in jail for prison for that. So Maya Moore fought for him, and he was released yesterday. So shout out to her. Give her a little applause real quick.
3: So so it seems like the um, WNBA players
1: got it more together than the NBA players when it comes to this stuff.
2: I mean, no offense, but are you surprised that women are leading the charge in change? No, I'm not. I'm
1: not. um, we saw that in Alabama with the dude who was running for office and he was accused of like sexual assaults and stuff. And the the black women showed up to get, to make sure he didn't win uh, the election. I forgot Absolutely. his name, but they said the black women voted like they were the, like the largest percentage that voted for the democratic candidate in that election. So yeah, black women are always showing up, man. That's why we appreciate y'all. Well, I do. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, up- but I do.
2: There was even a team. Um, it was in Orlando or Orange
1: County. It was a soccer. It was a oh, you talk about an amateur baseball or softball team. Yeah, it was in uh, a softball team. I think it was in Brevard. I think it was out here on the coast. Okay, that they uh they quit because um the they stood for the anthem and then Trump or somebody somebody tried to like change the narrative. Yeah, the owner said something, but then Trump tweeted retweeted and. Yeah, yeah, it was, I believe it was Brevard. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, yeah, entire team just walked off. Uh, they formed a new team <laughs> from what I'm reading now, and they got a new GM. Yeah, it was uh yeah, what was this at? I think it was, I want to say it was Brevard.
2: Positive. It was in Brevard? Okay.
1: I think it was out here on the coast, maybe not Brevard, but it was on the coast. I'm reading the, I'm trying to skim through the article right now to to find out, but I don't see it yet where they were at. But I don't think it was Orlando. Definitely don't think it was Orlando.
2: But it just it speaks to, and I and I think there's courage in every in men and women. But I I just even being in the move, like being out at the uh, demonstrations and communicating with people, there are just so many. Oh, it was like in Texas. Powerful female leaders. It was in no. It was in Florida. The one I'm reading says it Texas. Florida.
1: It said each member sure? of the Scrapyard Fast Pitch, which is based in Texas. Maybe the game was in Florida. The, oh, okay. might yeah, the game might have been in Florida. They're from yes, Texas, you're right. though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were playing against uh, the USS USSA Pride in Florida. It doesn't say where. They, when when That's when they learned was. about the tweet after the game in the locker room they walked away. Oh yeah, so shout out to them too, man, because that was that was a big story. I I remember posting about that on Facebook. Yeah, it women is, again and standing I love up. That. <laughs> women women always <laughs> seem to be ahead of us, man. When it comes to when it comes to the we take a lot of issues.
3: Yeah,
2: we absolutely do. And I I, and one of the crazy I mean, there are crazy things that I've read over the last few weeks regarding the issue and what happened to me in Fort Lauderdale. But there were several guys that said women shouldn't be out on the front line. And that actually upset me more than the whole saying. Yeah, there were guys commenting saying women shouldn't be out in the front line. And that upset me more than the comments of the people saying I should have been shot in the other eye or a great shot or. Yeah, it's very disturbing things, but... I wouldn't women, even read the I comments. line upset me more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like people who are saying, why are you bringing your kids to protest? And when I go to my protest in Titusville, it's so peaceful. It's like you want kids to see this. You want kids to see this because you might spark one of them to be the next president. You know, you want st- to show them at a young age. You're not going to a protest expecting it to be violent. So I don't, I don't see a problem I went
2: with... To it. One in my-
1: yeah, I was just saying, I don't see a problem with somebody bringing kids. I don't see a problem with women being on the front line, because we're not going out there expecting violence.
2: I know. And I don't think that even if it is going to be violent, as a woman, I, I can I can handle a lot of things. And no, I would prefer no violence at any of these events, but I also would, would never feel comfortable not being able to go out and, and advocate for myself and advocate for my brothers and my friends. And that's the goal of everything, is that I, I care about, the issues that's affecting people that I love. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not going to be home baking cookies and dinner for people to, when, when the man comes home, that we're not in the fifties anymore. Yeah, we're, we're all going to be out there.
1: Definitely. It's, it's a fight. Everybody should be a part of white, black women, men, children. Like we should all be out there fighting for what's right um
2: absolutely dogs too i'm mad i didn't bring my doggie out there because some people had the cutest
1: oh i saw the doggie, dogs with the signs um, signs <laughs> yes. dogs will bite racist <laughs> i love that sign that was my favorite yeah
2: and once said i'm fluffy and i had a nuffy." i'm like my dog that's my dog
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i saw those man uh shout out to the people who brought the dogs out and had the nice cute <laughs> signs on them and it was just like I said, something where everybody should be able to go out too and not feel uh threatened. I actually saw a funny protest yesterday. Not really funny in the protest, but just it was in New York City, I think, and they were marching in Brooklyn it looked like. And they were chanting uh fire fire gentrifiers and they're walking past all these white people that are sitting outside eating at restaurants and it was, it was they're just turned around the white people were looking at them like in disbelief and they had a whole chant. Uh, I know it made the other the people there uncomfortable, but yeah, fire, fire, gentrifier, that
3: too.
2: Was it like they were in this? Um, like the restaurant was set up outside, yeah, like was, in this little. It was yeah. It was a whole
1: bunch of restaurants still on a block, and they walked down that block yes. chanting that. <laughs> and I know those white people were uncomfortable when they when they saw that, but I just got a Absolutely. good laugh out of that because it's like. I know one thing that white people get very defensive about and one thing that they hate being called is a gentrifier. If you want to upset them, you tell them they gentrified and that is like almost like calling them a racist. So when they heard that, I can only imagine how they felt.
2: I mean, but we do know what the definition of gentrification is, and I'm sorry, but if the shoe fits, yeah. <laughs> like what what do you want to be called? We're we're using the proper terminology to describe you.
1: Yeah, speaking of gentrification, I got a dope song by this uh, rapper named Odyssey called Gentrification. I think I will play that on the way out. <laughs> Just gave me the idea for that. Um, the The college football season, I know you're saying you don't believe any of these seasons are going to last, but some of these colleges are already throwing in the towel. Um, Morehouse a few, uh, last week said they're canceling their whole season, and now a few other colleges have followed suit. Uh, we have Bowden Bowdoin college in maine we got the university of massachusetts boston um and seven colleges have canceled their fall seasons for uh for fo- for not just football but fall sports period so it's it's looking it's looking a little more dire and like i said i don't believe these college football season the season is going to start on time anyway I know a lot of people still swear this everything's going to go on like normal, but I think as the weeks go on, we're going to start seeing more and more of this happening because it's just not worth it. I think I think Morehouse's uh, reasoning was like, we don't want to bring our players to different games on the road where they're in environments that might not be safe. So
2: Absolutely. It's even more difficult to monitor college players. Not to mention, yeah. these players aren't being paid. So they're risking their life and they're not being paid. This isn't even a money monetary issue. The only monetary issue is how much money they're making for the colleges.
1: And they're going to be on they're going to be on campus with regular people, students all week and then going to practice. And is that if they let the students back on campus and the athletes, it's going to spread fast.
2: Definitely definitely so with when it comes to college football where you're asking players that aren't receiving any type of compensation and i know they have scholarships in school which is fine they can stay for another year and play for the school next year when it's safer but if you're asking people who aren't even being compensated to risk their lives to play no that's where i'm 100 percent absolutely not that that's that's too much
1: i agree i agree um I got the State of the Jared coming up next week. I was going to do it this week, um, but I, I, we're, we're doing this episode today, and I wanted to get this one done because it was important to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to do my State of the Jared next Tuesday because I'm off. And that's basically just where I talk about my year, my past year. It's kind of like a State of the Union, but State of Me. Everything going on in my life. So just letting every, all the listeners know. Be on the lookout for that episode next week. That was like a little commercial within this episode. And I want to talk about a couple more issues before we wrap it up. But uh, you you said you saw the, the white woman that pulled the gun on a black mother and daughter is what it appeared to be. I didn't see them in the video. I just kind of, actually I saw the mother. I didn't see what appeared to be the daughter who was filming. It was in Michigan. Uh, Pregnant white woman, from what I saw, pulled a gun on a black mother and daughter after an argument. At first, it was just one, like, 30-second clip of the pregnant woman pointing the gun and looking, like, threatening to shoot. And this is coming on the heels of the, of the white couple, the, the husband and wife who had the guns on their lawn, pointing them at protesters. So it, it was already not looking good for, for white people when we saw this video. Um, but then a longer video came out of the whole altercation and I can't speak for you, but for me, I think it kind of changed a little bit of my opinion on it. And I didn't even post on this story yet because sometimes when these stories happen, I'll kind of wait to get more information because as we saw with the Bubba Wallace, you know, there was more information as each day went. It was like a roller coaster up and down, up and down. So with this one, all I saw was a clip of a lady pointing a gun and I'm like, dang, that looks insane. But I kind of held off on posting. And then today I saw on one of my friends' pages the whole video. And I kind of could see where the pregnant lady was coming from. And it's not, you're not going to get a lot of t- times where I'm going to agree on white people in these type of situations. But on this one, I'm not, I'm not mad at her for pulling out the gun in that situation. I don't know how you feel, but as a pregnant woman who looked like she could have got hit at some moment, I didn't think she was wrong for protecting herself. I know the gun, I think she pulled the gun out when she went to back up and then the black woman got behind the car and and wouldn't let him back up. But that looked to me like a video. It looked like an altercation that could have got physical quick.
2: I agree. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly the woman who had her daughter out there. you you didn't have to be that aggressive. And that's the whole thing about a lot of these instances, they escalate to a point to where they don't even need to be to begin with. And if some cooler head prevailed and said, you know what, this isn't worth it, then it it wouldn't even have to get to that point. And I I, I do think that she was in her right to be able to say, I don't feel comfortable when I don't feel safe right now. I do. And you're right. That's why it is important to see the full video sometimes, and I agree with you, I don't share a lot of stuff immediately. And even if I see a video, I quickly Google and search and find whatever I can find out about some about that particular video or post prior to me sharing it, because you, you have to see the whole story sometimes. And I think the mom who had the daughter out there, she could have diffused that situation, and she could have dropped it, and she just
1: she told the husband of the of the white woman, I'll beat your ass and I'll fight you like it, it was like wild. you
2: you can't you can't go at people so hard and then when they react to you, then you you want to film them because it fits the narrative of what's going on. And honestly, it makes me frustrated because I don't want to provide any of the 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 counter protesters and counter arguments any type of ammo right now. We really, really have to stay on track and ensure that what we're doing directly directly contributes to the movement and doesn't hurt it. That hurts the movement. People are going to use that as ammunition.
1: Of course. And the husband and wife were arrested and charged with felony assault. Um, Like I said, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the charges. I don't agree with the arrest. Uh, We didn't see the whole altercation, but from what I've read... It started when the, when the white woman bumped into uh, a 15-year-old black girl, which was, I guess we're going to say that was the daughter who was with the mother, outside of a restaurant, and the mother uh, demanded an apology. They said the, the woman became aggressive and started cursing her out. We don't see that on video. All we see is the mother being aggressive, which is another thing. Like When you see these videos, sometimes it's going to make you look like the, the, the person who's wrong. And maybe she wasn't. Maybe she became aggressive after the lady became aggressive. But when you don't have the video out, we don't have that that proof. But her threatening violence on a pregnant woman, her talking about she's going to beat up the husband. Uh, I don't even know if the woman's pregnant. I, I heard she was. So I'm going to say she is, but she doesn't look super pregnant in the video. But I think, yeah, I thought they were wrong. I thought the black woman and her daughter were wrong. Um, didn't think they should have result, should have gotten aggressive with it. Uh, I talked about this last week on the podcast that sometimes you got to walk away from situations. Sometimes you, ha- you have to take the L. I know it's like our, our ego won't let us, but you never know. You never know what somebody's capable of. Like I said, like if somebody's egging you on and talking like that to you, they probably got a gun on them, or they probably are not scared because they know they can do something to you. So that that white woman, for her to to go to maybe start the the confrontation by yelling and cursing out the mother, she probably knew she had the strap on her, and then the mother was just thinking it was going to be physical, but the woman had other plans. But uh, even with
2: the mother. Why do you- Want to be physical in front of your fifteen-year-old daughter?
1: And if she would have hit the pregnant woman, like you, that's just you're not winning that battle.
2: Yeah, if if she if she bumped into her, check her. You need to you apologize. What you're doing is wrong. Blah blah blah. If she doesn't want to say apologize, you can still check her. You can still move on from it. Now, if she hauled off and slapped her daughter, now that's another situation. But I get hit with carts all the time in public. I get hit with carts. People walking up behind me, people bump me, and I address the situation and I move on from it because you really go, look how much this escalated because someone accidentally bumped into your daughter. And I don't, and who are we, we, do we know, did the dot was the daughter standing in the way? Because teenagers are on their phones all the time and you'll say, excuse me, and they don't move out of the way. So we don't even know. Not to say that teenagers, not to say her daughter wasn't being truthful, but I know a lot of teenagers that that don't necessarily quickly abide and quickly move. That's one of my biggest things with my nephews is that you guys got to move quicker and you can't be on your phone. So There's a lot of other potential like issues with the story and it's just, like you said, you don't have to escalate it that far. You do not have to bring it to that point and it could have been a completely different story, but now her, now the problem is beyond just the uh, the the light that it's going to shine on the, the the black woman accusing the white woman of this and then the video comes out and it's completely different you got a, a gun pulled on your 15 year old daughter you yeah. had you it's have a like... situation to the point where a gun was pulled on your 15 year old daughter and it doesn't matter what's going on your first and foremost priority is always to protect your children and you did not put your child in in an environment that was safe for her and that's the most important thing
1: and it looked like she was still coming after the lady when the lady had the gun on her it's like yo, what are you doing what are you doing you're gonna get your daughter you're gonna get both of y'all killed like yeah it's just not worth it man i thought they were yeah or
2: you're setting a for your child that even when someone pulls a gun out on you, you still argue with them. No, 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 no. Your child needs to think that if someone pulls a gun out on me, I need to move and retreat because I don't know if that person is unhinged and I don't know if they're going to use it. That's not, it's just not setting a good standard for your child. You have to always worry about them and make sure that they're safe. And that, that, beyond anything, is my biggest problem is that she just didn't put her child in a good environment. And then that's not a good 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 blessing for her
1: child to learn. Yeah, I saw a lot of people on Facebook posting the initial 30 second video. And we gotta be careful when these videos come out. Cause sometimes you'll only see one side of the story. Um, I didn't I I, I was kinda I saw it and I was like, yo, this is wild. But I was also like, I gotta, I gotta see more. And yep. the crazy thing is I only saw the the only time I saw more. Was on somebody else's Facebook one of my uh one of my conspiracy theory friends who post a lot on Facebook I saw more on him because he had finally posted the full video so I watched that and I'm like dang like I can't I can't defend it I can't no. I can't okay. defend it I I'm not even I didn't even want to comment on the people's posts who were posting about it and tell them they were wrong because I feel like it would have started a big argument and like you said that takes away from the the, the movement right now. So I kind of just had to let them get get their misinformation off and hopefully they'll end up seeing the full video and they'll change their minds. But this wasn't one of those where I could where I could fight for. And there's going to be situations like that, like black people were not going to be right in every situation.
2: No, but that still doesn't mean that, and 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 that's human. We're not always going to be right. Whether yeah. you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, we're all going to come with faults. We're all, we're not always going to be right. So I I, I don't that that it shouldn't affect the movement. But we always, we also know that at any point in time, someone is looking for something to distract what we're doing, and that's I, just unfortunate. But it's a part of it's a part of it.
1: I just I, I think for me, it's just more. I'm more or less saying. Don't feel like you have to defend every single thing. Research it. Read about it. You know, make sure you know what you're talking about before you jump off the ledge, you know. Just make sure you know you're you're, you're familiar with the subject, the topic. Because we're going to see a lot of stuff every day on social media. A lot of instances where it looks like black people are being mistreated. So let's just focus and read everything before we start speaking on it.
2: Yeah, I've kind of limited a lot of my sharing. Right now, I'm going to start focusing on voting stuff. That's all I want to focus on beyond the the protests, beyond, you know, interviews and meetings and speaking to people about reform. The biggest thing we have coming up that everyone should be talking about are are, are voting. We have primary elections coming up in Florida. We got a lot of people we need to research and, and and, and be active on. We need to follow them on social media. I want to understand law, the laws behind a lot of things that are happening, like even with what happened to me, understanding how these departments are able to pick and choose, you know, what they can do, what they can't do, what they're bound by. I really want to take time and educate myself. And I hope, you know, beyond even for everyone, it is, you know, getting likes and talking about conversations of videos is important, but we really, really have to focus on the next phase of, of the re- of the movement, and that is absolutely voting and absolutely educating ourselves on, on the potential leaders and, and making them come to our communities. Because if we say we have these thousands and thousands of people that could vote for you at a local election, and that could shift you from, you know, ensure you possibly winning, what are you going to do for us? So that's kind of where I'm at with things. It's not too much fun and games for me at the moment.
1: Do you see yourself getting into politics um, later on? No, no, not even no. like with everything you've been experiencing.
2: <laughs> no, but I would love to be on someone's campaign. I'd love to be a part of of helping and support people. Like when you are ready to, oh yeah, I was going to say, I'm gonna call you. <laughs> Yeah. I want to help you. I want to be a part of it. You know, I'm, I'm looking at statistics and data. I want to approach things from, you know, a data analysis view and looking at trends and I want to be a part of that, but no, I don't, I don't want to run for office. behind the scenes kind of person. And I like being behind the scenes where right now I'm not yeah. saying why I can't be, but I prefer being behind yeah,
1: the scenes. Yeah. It's wild. Your story is so wild. Cause I remember when I was, uh, when I first like spoke on, on the show, uh-huh. I went back and, and, and googled you again cuz i needed i wanted to get more information on what had really happened and then i saw your name pop up on like every website like you were on hip hop dx and they were talking i'm like wow like she's this story is really big like i didn't realize the magnitude of it i thought it was more of a florida story i didn't realize how national it had gotten
2: i've been on cnn twice
1: <laughs> i got to find these i just, I got to find the videos of you on CNN cuz I I normally watch CNN too but I don't have cable at my house. So I don't really? really get to watch. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube and then I have like an antenna so I watch like the basic cable but I don't unless they have it on their web on their YouTube I probably won't see it but when I stay at my mom's house from time to time I'll watch CNN at night. That's like my thing to do when I used to work on the road and I'd be yeah. in my hotel at night I'd like to watch CNN Don Lemon uh Anderson Cooper stuff like that. So that's and it's weird because at home, when I'm at home, I would listen to the conservative talk radio because I like to hear their side. I got to know what both sides are saying so I can know what I need to say if I'm debating somebody or if I have an argument about something, I got to know both sides. I agree.
2: That's so funny. I listen to like real talk, uh, radio. I listen to a lot of conservative radio stations sometimes too, because you do need yeah. both sides and where people stand.
1: Yeah. They, I'm actually mad now. Cause in Orlando, the station that we used to have, that was the conservative one. It was WDBO. It's a 96.5. Now it became a, a Latin station <laughs> and they moved the WDBO station to 107.3, but their signal is terrible now and I can't get it out in Titusville. So I'm like, I don't know what to do in the morning. I was waking up in the morning to go to work. I would listen to my my guy, Chad Benson, who was like my favorite on the conservative side, because I felt like he was the most level headed, the most. okay. I'm going to look at both sides. And he didn't really shoot too conservative on it. So I always enjoyed listening to him. Um, but I also, you got to
2: check on the podcast and see a lot of there are several of the radio the conservative radio stations that I listen to. I don't listen to them live. I actually listen to them on their podcast.
3: Oh, okay. I'll have
1: to look it up.
2: They, yeah, check it out and see some of some of them don't, but some of them do. They have a separate podcast, and that's how I listen.
1: Yeah, the funniest thing is one day I was listening to the conservative talk, and uh, Sean Hannity was on, and he was talking about George Floyd, and he was actually like, "Yo, the police were wrong. This is murder." And then he was taking calls and the callers are like, well, Sean, you know, we got to listen to the, we got to watch the video, the way for the whole video to come out, blah, blah. And then he's like, no, (laughs) he's like getting on his callers. Like, no, this is murder. You guys are crazy. Like, this is not what you think. Don't try to make it more. And he had to scold his callers. And I'm like, I would not have expected that from Hannity, but it was nice to hear. And I know, I know you said that you're not really on the fun and games, but I do want to leave on one more topic. Cause this is very juicy. This is very, uh, I guess the 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 T as they would say, I, I just found out about this. I think it was yesterday. I kept hearing August Alcina's name and I'm like, why are they talking about August Alcina? I was hearing Jada Pinkett. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, did somebody say something? And I was seeing memes. And then finally today I got the full story about August Alcina did an interview with Angela Yee and talked about how he had a previous relationship with, uh, jada pinkett smith who is married to will smith so of course people are like wait a minute now there's been rumors for years that they had an open relationship but this kind of got put it out in the open and i will say there were rumors for years about august alcina and jada having something going on but nobody ever spoke on it but august spoke on it now so it's like this big story uh jada said she's gonna have to talk to herself on red table talk soon so I'm interested to see what she says. I know her reps have already said this is not true. I don't believe them. I think where there's smoke, there is, where there's fire, there's smoke. Or was it, where there's smoke, there's fire. Smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire. So (laughs) I think there's something to this story. I don't think August Alcina just jumps out the window like this, talking about how much he loves Jada and is in love with her and how hurt he was when their relationship ended. Now these rumors have been going on for years so for him to finally be addressing it, I th- I believe him. I don't know how you feel about it, but I believe him.
2: I believe him too. I believed it when I saw pictures of him with her family and you would see how close they were. I believe in body language. Just even the photos, the, the selfies, The it was always a it was, it was always very weird for me. Even at, even as like this whole mentor type relationship Mentor type relationships, especially when you have a older person of a different gender, sometimes they do turn into romantic relationships. That does happen. A, that does happen sometimes, especially when you're spending so much time together and sharing such intimate and, and, and very um, passionate details about your life. Yeah, I kind of I, I believe him. I do believe him. I, I do think that. <laughs> I, I thought, I, I thought I don't know why we're even struggling with this concept anymore about the open relationship with Will Smith and Jada. I, I, I think they've alluded to it so many times over the years. And even with her, she's kind of said things about Will preferring wanting. I think, remember one time she said, well, Will wanted, cur- not Will, but she said she was with a man that wanted curves and wanted this and wanted that. And that, you know, she wasn't able to give him that. And I'm pretty sure she was talking about Will Smith. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, background information on that. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that they, they I'm sorry, they smashed. They were smashing a lot. Yeah. Now, I wonder what was the, like how he said Will Smith gave him the go. Did Will Smith really sit down and say, you know what? Yeah, you can absolutely just have my wife
3: whenever you um... want her.
1: Normally in an open relationship, there's a lot of uh, discussion. There's a lot of honesty and openness. So maybe they had that type of relationship where August could come to Will and say, hey, uh, can I have your permission to to be with your wife in an intimate way? And I mean, I think it's weird that you, I don't know. I just think it's weird when you have to talk about that type of stuff. Um, but I guess when it's so complicated like that, communication is the key. But. That's
2: true, and I think that that um, open relationships are very successful for many people. I know it kind of seems like it's we're talking about it as a new concept, but I think a lot of people have been in open relationships for a very, very long time. I don't think this is new. I think now the the idea of what it what it constitutes a healthy relationship is starting to shift and become a little bit more accepting. But I do think Will and Jade are an open relationship. What I don't think is what people keep saying about Will's sexuality. I don't Ooh, think
1: Will Smith. I heard that too. I, think, I heard the rumors. I think he
2: loves, I, And it's not that I care because if Will Smith came out and said that he was bisexual or or um, what is it, bi, bi, bisexual or um,
1: pansexual? I can't even. I don't know, know or pan, or pan, There's a lot of pan different terms.
2: Yeah, or pansexual, whatever it may be. I don't care. I still love Will Smith. I don't care who he's who he's in bed with. Yeah, he's I mean, still amazing. And inspirational, but I just don't think he's into dude. It wouldn't change my him. opinion
1: on Will. Um, I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of people on the low though. Not saying he is, but I just think in general, especially in Hollywood. There's a lot oh, of I
2: definitely. People.
1: And I'm I do believe that they have an open marriage, open relationship, open marriage, whatever you want to call it. Uh maybe that's why they still they're still together. Cause they have been open and been able to step outside the marriage. And not face any backlash. I have a lot of friends who I believe that they would probably be more happier in their marriages if they were allowed to step outside the marriage.
2: I think so because naturally people aren't prone to monogamy. I mean, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, we are attracted to other people. Yeah. Like naturally we are attracted and we're very sexually driven beings. You
3: know, yeah. that's
2: a whole other conversation yeah. that. Like, for instance, I was having a conversation with a family member, and her, her daughter was talking about losing her virginity, and she was just, like, driving into her, well, you you have to practice safe sex, you don't want to get pregnant, you don't want STDs, blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, well, did you ask her, did you talk to her about the experience of it? Did you talk to her about how it's supposed to feel and how she should be able to empower to say, if I don't like when a guy does this, I don't like when a guy does that? I don't like the way that we treat sexuality because we all people I mean, unless you're an asexual person, everybody likes getting it down. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I, I think
2: we really have to start treating sexuality and sex as a normal everyday thing because that's what we do. That's what we're driven by. Men and women. Women like it too. Just yeah. as
1: much as dude. I think in the black so- the black households though, we've always been taught that it's like so evil and it's a sin and you're going to hell. Like it's just, don't you, we're taught like not even to think about it. So a lot of times we get to be older and we're trying to figure it out, but we didn't have that growing up where it was kind of explained to us more in detail about everything, feelings and everything.
2: Absolutely. I don't plan on having a child, but if I have a child, I want to be, I want to, whether it's my, my male son or my female son, I want them to understand, yeah, be safe, don't have, don't use protection if you don't want children, but understand the, the, the point of, of doing it, the, what you're supposed to get out of it, the attachment that you have with someone from sharing that experience. And I want to look at it as like a more, like this is standard. It's standard. Yeah. So I, I don't care if Will Smith was, but I just don't think he is. And I, I, I think that if, if Will Smith was, I think he would be one of the people that would actually say it. Because I, I, what would it hurt his image to be honest about his sexuality when he's going to be beloved either way? I don't. I think he's one of the few people where even you know hardcore black males. I don't. Are they going to hate Will Smith because he he likes he's attracted to males too?
1: Well, I think it it also goes to the point where. We, we expect, like, if you're if you're bisexual or gay, we expect you to come out and tell us. But if you're straight, we don't expect that. So I just think we got to get to the point where we don't want somebody to have to feel like they have to tell us what they are into. Like, if it's not something illegal or harming somebody, whatever you like should be, you know, between you and whoever you're dealing with. You know, you shouldn't have to make a, a public statement about it uh it's only out there now because people have speculated about will but i don't think will really owes me at least me i don't think he owes me an explanation just like i don't owe anybody an explanation about whatever i do you know i
2: agree and it's the same way if they have an open relationship i don't care it's not my business and if they if that what is that what makes their marriage work, and that's what keeps them in this healthy relationship then by all means, yeah, do
1: it. I don't really care either, but the fact that it was just so prevalent in the news this week, I was like, I got to talk about it just because I'm, I'm into yeah. the tea. Now, it, once it's out there, I'll discuss it. But I'm not really going to be all up in your business if it's not out there. But August opened the no. uh, He opened the floodgates on this one. So everybody's talking about I it. Think, oh. I do
2: think August Alcina is a little bit kind of messed up for outing it right after you drop an album, though.
1: Oh, it definitely it's screams like, promo.
2: <laughs> yes, he—it's not like he needed. He just was—he had to get it off his chest. It was just, you know, hurting him so much, and he couldn't struggle with having that secret anymore. You're using it as promotion. Yeah, I, that I don't like. I—I I,
1: I, well, I'm gonna watch the whole video. I might watch it tonight. I'm gonna watch the whole interview with him and Angela Yee, uh, and I, I want to see how he talked, like how he looks when he's talking about it, his emotions. Because sometimes you can get a better understanding when you just watch and see how they're acting. So I just read a lot of the, the transcripts from the interview. I'm going to actually watch it tonight. It was Angela Yee and August Alsina interview. So and if anybody else wants to watch it, you can YouTube that. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about that topic? Uh, Jada and Will, did we miss anything there? We both agree that we don't have a problem with it if it is an open marriage, open relationship.
2: No, more power to them whatever makes them happy i I've, I have friends that have open relationships there's a little theres theirs are a little bit more secretive but um yeah they are very happy and they love their lifestyle and I support them
1: yeah I was uh, I was talking to a woman on Facebook dating a while back who was trying to get me to be in an open relationship or be open to the idea of it and I'm like I just don't I'm trying
2: to get you to Wait, hold on. Was she trying to get you to join in on an existing relationship? No, she was like saying with her? with her,
1: like if we start dating, she wants an open relationship. And I'm like, look, I don't have a problem with the the term or whatever or being in one. But my whole where we disagreed was I was just like, look, I'd, I'd rather I might as well just be single. <laughs> just let me be single and do what I, what I want to do. I don't need to have the term relationship attached to it. And she was just explaining to me why it's different if it's a relationship. And I'm just like, ah, I don't agree with that part. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm weird with it where I'm like, if I'm going to be able to do whatever I want, I don't want to have a term. I don't do, want it to be in a relationship. I just want to be single and do me. And if I'm in a relationship, I'm probably more monogamous because I consider it a relationship. Like I consider it something between – me and somebody else and it's some type of a bond, some t- connection we have where I don't want to see you with somebody else. But if I'm not in a relationship yeah. with you, I don't care what you do outside of, like, you know, as long as we're both being safe about it. So that was my whole thing with her on it. And needless to say, I didn't get in the open relationship. Um,
2: <laughs> I agree. I mean, if I'm just being completely honest, dealing with one guy is more than enough for me. Y'all stressful. Yeah, I don't have time (laughs) to be dating multiple men at one time because one is enough. So, yeah, no open relationship for me. It gets
1: more stressful when it's more feelings involved. Whereas I think if you're in an open relationship, maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe feelings are involved with both the people that you're with. I don't know. If I it's, think
2: it's hard. That's why some people are good at it and some people aren't, because you have to be able to emotionally shut off when you are when you're bringing when you're having that sexual relationship with other people. Yeah. And that for me, that wouldn't work because my enjoyment with sex is with someone that I have an emotional attachment to. So, yeah, I think I'm women, not,
1: I'm, I'm, I think women are more emotional with it. Within men, I had this talk with my friend Kayla. I don't know if you listened to that one, but she disagreed. But I still, I still think it's more emotional with women. But I, I know Kayla. Kayla more of a, she doesn't need. Like, she's more of a like dude when it comes to like the way of thinking. Like she can, she can be a player if she wants. She's not going to be emotionally attached to everybody.
2: No, I I agree with her because I I said I enjoy it more. I don't wanna say I didn't say I didn't enjoy.
1: Oh now, okay. I enjoy it more when I have an emotion. Oh, okay. Yeah, well then yeah, no, I agree with but that too. It's I, definitely better when there's a oh, feelings yes. involved. I agree with that. Okay. I got But you, I
2: honey. do want to say I'm absolutely a 2020 feminist woman. And oh. when you need to get
1: your rocks hey, off you, to get your rock You off, feminist, man. I love y'all because y'all, the girl yeah. that I was talking to, or the woman I was talking <laughs> to, I, I got to say woman because you're feminist. But <laughs> the woman I was talking to that was talking about the open relationship, she was like super feminist. I'm like, yo, y'all, I, I respect the feminists so much because feminists will just let you know what it is. They ain't worried about being judged. And- they are like, if I like sex, I like sex. I don't care how you, what you think about it. Whereas a more conservative woman is more worried about what others think instead of, yo, I don't care who knows. Like, it's not your business, but a feminist, I just respect it because I feel like that's my way of thinking too. I'm more, I don't know what the man term of feminist is. I don't think I'm a feminist with everything, but when it comes to sex, I'm definitely the male version of feminist. <laughs>
2: And that's how we should all be. If it's something that you enjoy, if, if sex is fun for you and excite, do it, yeah. have fun with it. I mean, be safe. Yeah. Because there's a lot of weird stuff out there, but do it and enjoy it. And don't, you shouldn't care about what people have to say. Yeah. Because people are going to have something to say about everything you do. Exactly. They're going to have something to say about your hair, your shoes, your clothes, how you speak. If you don't speak how you walk it's you're never going to get away from someone talking about you at least do something that you're enjoying and give them something to talk about
1: Yep. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get more in depth in this whole thing next week when i do my state of the jared because i'm gonna talk about like my whole dating life and everything and yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm
2: excited to hear. You're not very forthcoming. And I am. I and I'm, I'm not. Gonna say, I'm not gonna say that about you too because I'm not very forthcoming with my dating life. I've never posted about anybody, and I've been. Post I post people every
1: now and then. About. I posted. Uh, <laughs> I posted my last girlfriend. It just didn't. It wasn't a long relationship, but. Uh,
2: I, yeah, I remember it was over. How was it? A few months?
1: Yeah, it was like a month or two. Sorry. <laughs> It was yeah, short. I um, saw
2: it, but you took it down, and it, I didn't want to. You know, I don't. I don't ask unless people offer it up yeah. to, to discuss it. You posted I'll, it, and then you took it down.
1: I'll post relationships, but if it's not a relationship and we're just dealing with each other, I don't post that because I'm like, it's, it's just too many questions that come with it. So I don't, I don't post those things. But relationships, I generally will post.
2: Yeah, I don't post anything. I don't. I don't. Me personally, I love the privacy of my my relationships that I have. I, I'm okay with us not, you don't have to post me. I don't have to post you. I don't, I don't, I don't need to have that a stamp of approval from anyone that I'm in a relationship. And it's not even like a stamp of approval. I just like the privacy of it.
1: Yeah, I agree. It changes once it's make, on Facebook.
2: It absolutely does. And you know, I've had one person that posted me And I got. Then I had their ex-girlfriends reaching out to me and girls reaching out to me. And I found out. And it, you know, it got to the point where I didn't trust the person. And then I broke up with them. And then I found out later that the the girl was just completely lying. So those are the whole things. Is that you know you have some very vindictive exes that years later will still find a way to ruin your relationship. So just keep it, keep it private. Yeah. (laughs) I just, for me, that
1: works for me. No, nah, I stay low. I've been pretty low lately. Um, like you said, I'm not forthcoming. I'm going to be more forthcoming next week uh, just because I don't know what it is, but whenever I'm on the microphone, I'm a little bit more honest. I'm, I'm more willing to share because I feel like I'm talking to myself and I don't have an audience. Even though people are listening, but I don't, they're not in front of me. When somebody's in front of me, I'm probably a little bit more like, don't want to tell you too much. But when I'm home yeah. in my room just talking, I'll tell you a lot more than I normally would. So, really? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a, <laughs> people, and I've told people to submit questions that they have. So if you have any questions you want to ask, you can text it to me. I'm gonna write down everybody's questions and I'm gonna read them out and I will answer all the questions. Uh, no questions I are off limits.
2: I think we should. You should. You should dip into a topic um, on like sexuality in the black community. I really think that's a, and not just about choice of genders, but about why do we approach the idea of sex as such like a taboo topic? Oh, I know why. Because you know, when you think about the white community, you can have fetish out the hoo-ha. Like, they they have so many different types of fetishes, and it's okay. I think Like, the, they talk about it openly. Yeah. I think that could be
1: a I think a the, younger, the younger black people are more like that, but the older black people are you know, deeply rooted in the church, grew up in the church, and just not comfortable talking about sex, period, and what they like or what they're into sexuality is like taboo in the black community just cause it's, it's tied to church so much, you know, whereas, you know, I, I watch, it wasn't. I watch church on TV. Like I've, I've watched almost every week and I enjoy the word, but I also don't agree with every single thing. And all this stuff when they talk about sex and how evil it is, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like most preachers, like even Martin Luther King, you know, these guys, had women on the side like they they all like sex so it's like don't tell me not to do it when you're doing it so
2: exactly exactly and you know i i i wish i would have known about the about more about it because like the first time i ever used dating apps oh my gosh some of the requests and the things that people were saying to me and i'm like i think that's a woman thing
1: because i don't get none of that my dating apps be like (laughs) so dry I've like a couple cool people to hang out with but most of them don't really even know how to ha- like hold a conversation but I heard dudes all the women I talk to my friends and stuff they say the dudes just be sending them pics and saying all types of wild stuff crazy I don't, yeah it doesn't happen for the guys at least not for me I don't get any of that
2: you have to keep urban Diction- as a woman you have to keep urban dictionary handy because you're gonna they're gonna be asked about some things and you have to quickly google because wow <laughs> There's just some stuff. I I, I know it, it speaks to uh, guys and just um, the level of freakiness <laughs> that you come with. Yep. Because I don't think, yeah, I don't think when, even when all my male guy, my male guy friends that are, um my male guy friends, my male friends that are on dating apps, they don't have similar experiences as me. So I tend to, I, you
1: know. I think I women just, just think, it it comes easier as far as guys coming at y'all like. And then, you know, women say, look, if I want to have sex with somebody, I can. I don't need an app for that. And it's true. Like, women can kind of, you know, dudes are going to shoot their shot so much at y'all and try to offer y'all sex, whereas not many women are just coming up to us trying to have sex with us. You usually got to talk. I think
2: some women do. They
1: do, but, like, it it goes back to what we said about them worrying about how they're looked. Like, the feminists, like I said, the feminists will come out and tell you, but there's, I don't know a lot of feminists like that. I don't know a lot of feminists. I think most of the women I know are very kind of conservative with the, how they act, how they, uh, you know, carry themselves. Uh,
2: yeah. That's true. I agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, they don't want to be judged. And it's like, I I get it. Cause there's so many guys out there who do judge you and who will say something. If you sleep with uh more than one guy, they think you're only supposed to have sex with one person. And, after that, they think you're, like, just this wild person when they, they could do the same thing. But I've never been that person who judges, like, I'm the guy who's like, yo, go see what's out there. Like, I'll tell girls that I'll, or women that I'm dealing with, like, hey, don't just focus on me because if I'm not committing to you, you know, if I'm not going to be serious with you, don't feel like we're in a relationship. Go out there, date, do what you want. Like, I don't want to hold you back.
2: And guys that think that, oh, if a girl has sex with me early, then, you know, she's not necessarily dateable versus if someone makes me wait for, you know, wait a certain amount of time is, I always laugh at that because just because she's not having sex with you doesn't mean that she's not having sex well, with someone
3: else. So, I,
1: okay, so what are you? I've talked about this on the podcast mean? before, and I know me personally. I know i heard it. But the, I guess the point I try to make is, I know I really like somebody when I'm not trying to have sex with them. That's just how I am. I don't know if every guy is like that, but most of the the women I've ended up being in relationships with, I've just been trying to like really get to know them. I wasn't thinking about them sexually. And then the ones that I think about sexually early on, I'm more like just want to have sex with them. I'm not really thinking about them like, oh, I want to be in a relationship with you. So that's just how my way of thinking is. It's not because they're having sex early. It's just, I feel like I would have more. I would probably not put myself in a position to have sex if I'm really trying to be with you and get with you. Cause I know for me, once I have sex, it becomes more about that in the beginning, no. in the beginning. I
2: believe that, but I also believe that if you found a girl that you were very attracted to physically and you enjoy conversing with her and hanging out with her, then you, that'll shift for you. I don't think you, maybe you just haven't met a girl that, that has both at the same time in the beginning. Sometimes yeah. it works out that way. Sometimes you meet someone and you have a conversation. I've met people, we talked randomly, grabbing a coffee, and then we hung out the next few months every day. And some, you know, after that, like sometimes it just happens that way. And sometimes, like you said, it's a difference where you're physically attracted, and then sometimes you're just attracted to them as a person and you take your time. I think sometimes right. we're lucky and you meet someone that, that invokes that, that both simultaneously and you just go with it.
1: Well, while I have you-
3: the, the best moment.
1: While I have you here on the phone, I do want to tell you my, I have a thing called the 24-hour rule. I've been waiting to, to debut this on the podcast. I was going to talk about it next week, but I want to get your opinion on this because this is, this is my way of knowing if I really like someone. If I can spend 24 hours nonstop around somebody, And I don't get like annoyed and I enjoy their company. That's when I know I really like someone and want to be with them and don't just see them sexually. Because I think the big thing for me is like after sex, it's like you want to still be able to be around them and not be ready for them to leave. You know, because a lot of times if you're not really into somebody after sex, it's kind of like you're ready for, you know, y'all to just go your separate ways. So for me, the 24-hour rule, I've made this up. Uh, Some people said it needs to be 48 or 72, but I think for me, 24 is enough. If I can hang out with somebody 24 hours straight, no matter if we have sex or not, we could just hang out, not sexually, but just being in each other's company, 24 hours straight, waking up next to each other, uh, morning routines, night routines, uh, being around each other for the whole day. That's when I know I I really want to be in a relationship with you.
2: I think that's a good um, a good measurement because 24 hours, that's a long time when you think about it because everyone has their routines. Like when you wake up in the morning, what you eating for lunch, what you do in dinner, dinner and if you can sleep comfortably next to someone. Because even the sleeping part, oh, yeah. if you can lay down next to someone and sleep as peacefully as you normally sleep when they're not there, especially if you're a person that's single and that you, you live by yourself. So being alone, you have your own kind of, routine i think the 24-hour rule is good because so that's one thing for me if i can sleep next to you and i can go to sleep and i can feel comfortable and i don't feel like oh i want this person to go home or i, I go to sleep on the couch then that's a that's a big thing for me so i like the 24-hour rule
1: Yeah, sleeping next to somebody is very underrated like as far as how important it is to be with yeah. somebody i didn't think about that but sleeping next to somebody is that's a big deal And I gotta know how high, how 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 low or high your air is in the house, because I'm not a cold air person. So if it's too cold, I'm gonna struggle. What do
2: you keep your AC on?
1: We're on seventy eight right now. No, seventy seven right now.
2: At night, what do you keep your AC
1: on? Oh, I go to seventy nine at night. Seventy eight during the day.
2: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 68 kind of gal. What?
1: 68? 68 is insane. And you know what? This is part of the reason why I think I'm going to be single because I just have so many different things that I like a certain way. And it's like, I don't know if I'm ready to share or give up certain things, but I'm going to discuss all of this next week on the State of the Jared. I'm going to talk about single life, why I think I'm better off single. Like I'm going to get, I'm going to. I'm going to write it all down on how I want to talk about it. And I'm going to put everybody's questions in there, but yeah, there's a lot to get into, but I definitely like the air at about 78. That's probably cause I grew up.
2: Single, as long as you need to be single. I was just talking to someone about this the other day. If I don't meet someone until I'm 40 and we stay together until I'm 80, that's still 40 years is still good. So I, I don't, you don't have to rush into a relationship, especially if your goal is to spend a huge portion of your remaining life with someone you can be single for a long time until you meet someone that wants to sleep in a hot box at night because (laughs) 78 is definitely a hot box you can meet someone like that
1: to be uh to be fair my house has high ceilings so 78 does not feel like 78 in other people's houses like the room i'm in now is hot because the ceilings are not high my bedroom the ceilings are super high like i'm talking about over 10 feet so it does not feel like 78 in there. I mean,
2: it's hot, Jared. I don't know. Who, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe women just run hot. And I think we do. I like it on 68, but then I also like a lot of blankets. So See, I don't like all that.
1: I sleep in boxers and like a cutoff T-shirt. Like, I want to be warm when I'm sleeping. I don't be freezing. And I get sick. <laughs> I get a cold all the time if it's too cold. Like, I don't Aww. get like the flu. I've never really had. I've never had the flu. I don't get the serious stuff, but... I will get the cold a cold if it's too cold in the house. So for me oh. Yeah, I don't, I just like it warm. I grew up in a house where my mom didn't put the air above 78 anyway or lower than 78. So I was used to a hot house growing up and it's just I'm comfortable with it.
2: Well, I think I don't think that's a hard find. Do you like extremely How do you like your shower temperature? Now that's important. Well, I don't even know if I'm really
1: the type that wants to take a shower with somebody. I'm good with the shower by myself.
2: I'm, you don't take showers with someone? Like, I mean, it's not like every morning.
1: I've it's taken fun. a shower with someone before. Like a few people, I've done it, but I don't enjoy it. I enjoy it more by myself. I told you, I think I'm supposed to be single because I just enjoy everything <laughs> by myself. I enjoy, like, I live in a house alone and I love it. It's just a very great feeling to wake up when I want, go to sleep when I want, cook when I want, eat. I don't like having to make plans around other people I like if I want to have company they could come over but I don't know if I want them here for long periods of time I don't know like my cousin told me one time she was like because she's been married she's had she has kids so she was like you know what at this point I don't even want to be married no more I don't want no kids no more kids all I want to do is just have be single and just have a friend that I deal with you know from time to time I don't need a relationship, and I'm like, you know what? I'm the same way. I might need more than one friend, but I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm. I tell you, I'm like the but feminist That's
2: a good way to be. I'm a single feminist. A way to be be, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I think that's a great way to be because that means when you do find someone, it's not because you're searching and you're you're yearning for com, you know companionship. You're very comfortable with yourself and you're comfortable with your yeah. life right now. So whoever you do decide to be with is strictly going to be on the fact of they brought something different to your life that you may have not had before, or they complemented your life in a way that, you know, you, you couldn't resist the situation. You couldn't resist being with them. So exactly. it's, that's actually a better way to be than the people that yearn to be in relationships all the time, because you're looking at it for the right reasons. You're not looking at someone to fulfill something for you. You're looking at someone simply to, to just add to the value that you already have in your life.
1: And yeah. You and then really like, great life. if I have sex with somebody, it's like, I don't need to see you the next day. I can <laughs> I can wait a few days or a week. Like, I don't need to be around you every single day. I'm the type that's gonna be okay for a while. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I don't need the pressure of being in a relationship and having to perform every day. Being single, I it's can do a lot of work. Yeah, I can just do me, and Go at my own pace. I don't, you know, there's no pressure when I'm when I'm in a relationship or when I'm single. And I've been spoiled by that.
2: I agree. I'm not I'm a horrible texter, let alone seeing someone all the time. You are a bad I,
1: texter. You are really bad at texting. And I don't know if your relationships are similar when it comes to communication.
2: I really am. It's just, you know, sometimes like there are times where I get home, especially at the end of the week, and I will put my phone somewhere and forget about it. Oh, no. And just, and it'll be like two days later. And I'm like, oh, man, let me check my phone. I, that's just the kind of person I am because I really love my peace. I really love my, my solitude. I, I value I value it so much. I value being home and, and, and turning on music and then reading a book and then watching a TV and sewing and playing the guitar. Like, I, I, I have a lot of things that I enjoy doing that I, I enjoy doing by myself. And not saying that I can't enjoy them with someone else. But I found that enjoying them by myself brings me so much more serenity than it has been trying to experience a lot of things with other people because people will stress you. I agree. So, you know, but, yeah, I'm getting better at texting. Yeah. And it's really because the last few weeks I realized I have to text back because a lot of times it's urgent issues that I need to respond to. So I'm working on texting. I'm working on being more active on social media but it it is a process yeah i'm a a, a work in progress
1: no i get home from work and i don't want to talk to anybody either i kind of want to relax and i just worked eight hours the last thing i want to do is have an hour phone call with somebody that's why i do my podcast on my off days because it's like i don't have the energy to get on this microphone and talk after working all day and when i was in a relationship it was tough coming home from work and having to talk on the phone and you know give your time to somebody and it was yeah. it, it, it was draining you know it was it was one of those things where it took a toll on me mentally and i was like i need i need my my uh, singleness back i need to be free and you know that's
2: how you know because it's been 7 years since i've had i've been in a relationship with someone where i was excited after a long day because i've always had jobs where i was working like crazy and if it wasn't i was volunteering for something or i had school or i was you know participating in some activity. So I've, it's been seven years since I've, sorry eight years now because I've been with someone where even if I was tired, I wanted to hear their voice or yeah. I wanted to see them. And I, I think that's how I base my idea of a relationship on it. When I'm exhausted, when I'm frustrated, if I want to be alone versus wanting to be with you, and not saying that's always, but if the majority of the time I would prefer being alone than being with you when I'm frustrated, then I don't think that's a good relationship for me.
1: I agree. I'm, I am chasing the feeling more than anything. Like just the way somebody makes me feel, that's what I'm looking for as opposed to qualities. Like I need this quality and then like, I just, I need to feel something. If I don't feel it, I can't move forward. I, I need, I need some type of feeling in a relationship, something that makes me excited and look, look to look forward to the next day. And, Looking forward to hear from somebody, you know. If you call, I'm looking at the phone and I'm not like, oh man, you know, you know that feeling you get. You know, I don't want to have yes. that feeling when somebody calls me every day.
2: And I'm, or, or like me, I'm not planning my trip out of the country and, and not even telling you about it because I've done that before. Oh wow! So I'm dating someone and I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm going to so and so for two weeks. And they're like, what? You weren't even going to tell me. And it's just,
1: you feel like me, you need a break from them, or you. Oh, that some people need a break, though, from others.
2: But it's not even getting away from them. It's just me knowing I will get up and go to another country by myself in a minute and have a wonderful time. And it's just that's what I'm always accustomed to. So if I'm not even thinking about inviting you and it's not that I need to get away from you, it's just it's not even in my mind to say, hey, we should do this together. So that's how I know, like, this is probably not a relationship for me because I should want to include you on these things. Even if I even when I do get in a relationship, I'm still going to take trips by myself. That's still something that's important to me. That's my time to 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 to, to like recharge, to just take a break. But I should also want to say where we where do we want to go together? What places do we want to see together? So the
1: the trips by yourself. Those are the best trips. Like even like I go to the movies by myself, and it's just so peaceful. That's why I'm so comfortable with being alone because I worked on the road for eight years, where every night I was in a hotel by myself. So for me, I'm just super comfortable by myself. I consider myself like an introvert slash uh, extrovert, or is it? I think that's how you. You're
2: social. You're social introvert. I'm a social introvert where I like being by myself. Yeah, I do the same thing. I will pick up and grab my doggy and, like, oh, you know what? Let's drive down to the Keys for a couple days. I'll do that. Like, okay, I want to go. I, I, I have a three. Like, this weekend I was thinking, but, of course, because of COVID, I can't do it. But typically on a three-day weekend, I might grab my doggy, pack my stuff, and just pick somewhere that I can drive to and go hang out by myself. Like, that's that's nothing for me to do that. And I always have a wonderful time. Like, you, have, you can have an amazing time, especially – If you're okay with talking to strangers or going places by yourself, you can have a wonderful time.
1: Yeah, I flew to Portland by myself um, and met like some random people, strangers and stuff, and just became cool people. I've worked in cities. I want to go to
2: Portland so bad i've heard uh, I mean, I've, between your love of portland and just like some of the breweries and food places um, and some of i ju- want to go to portland so bad
1: july they have a beer fest in july and that's actually when i went the last time it's so dope oh man uh portland yeah in the s- summertime like i would tell anybody who goes go in the summer because it's sunny if you go in the fall or the spring it just rains every day like a, a misty drizzly rain but I love Portland. My goal one day is to have a house or condo out there and still have a place in Florida, but just travel back and forth and be bi-coastal. It's just one of those places where you feel like you fit in because nothing stands out there. Like no, no amount of weird is going to stand out in Portland. And if you watch the TV show, Portlandia, it'll give you a good idea of what Portland's like.
2: I just, started it last week so and i love it yeah yeah. that's Um, portland
1: i'm probably gonna start watching it again because i i kind of fell off and i want to start from the beginning and just binge again so okay i
2: that's i'll add that to your state of the jerry you should talk about some good shows like some of your favorite shows that you should you suggest people watch because i do need a list of new things to watch because I've ran out of shows because of the, the coronavirus and being stuck at home. So add that to the list. In the I'm so bad
1: about ahead. shows, though. That's the thing. Like, I really don't watch as many shows as people think. I watch a lot of YouTube. Like, I watch Breakfast Club interviews on YouTube. I watch. Uh, I watch John Gray, TD Jakes. I watch sports talk, uh, Undisputed or or First Take clips. I just watch a lot of clips of stuff. As far as shows. I'm really bad with shows like the last show I really got into was um, All-American. And then before that, I had finally finished season two of Atlanta. But other than that, I watch a lot of reality TV, like Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Potomac. Those are the ones I watch. So did you watch the latest season
2: of All-American? Because I kind of punched it on it. after. Oh, we have a
1: whole podcast. I think one of these episodes, me and my cousins talked about it. We only, we're yeah, only two I, seasons so far. Three is supposed to be coming out, I think, this year, but now it's getting pushed back to, like, top of next year. Really?
2: So is it worth it for me to go back? Because I've hunted because some of the scenarios.
1: The scenarios the acting, are wild, but I loved it. I don't know. I love that stuff. <laughs> my cousins don't so – a couple of my cousins said they didn't like the show. I thought it was yeah. the best show on TV. <laughs> that just shows you my the taste best. of TV. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't want to hear my shows cuz that's my favorite You don't show. watch
2: a lot of TV. You don't watch a lot of TV if you thought that was the best show. I love reality yeah. TV.
1: I don't know why, <laughs> but like I I will watch when I go to my mom's house, she has cable, so I'll go on, on demand and I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, New Jersey and Potomac. And then other than that, I'm probably watching CNN. Like I don't watch a lot of shows when everybody's talking about all these shows on Facebook. I don't know what they're talking about. Like you definitely <laughs> don't want to hear from me about shows I watch cuz I don't watch pretty I don't really watch a lot of shows i'm more into like content like original content it was youtube i subscribe to a lot of youtube channels uh wendy williams when she was on that was something i watched like every night um
2: i don't we're so opposite because i don't watch a lot of reality
3: shows
1: i love I gossip don't i don't know, know why YouTube. i love the gossip
2: i like i like um I, I, the lately, I've been watching a lot of shows based in um, like historical shows, and then I watch a lot of the the dry comic co- comedic shows. Those are my favorite. I was that watching very dry sense of humor.
1: What's the dry one they just had on Netflix with the black dude and his family? I watched a few episodes of that, but I haven't kept oh, up with black, it. Black AF. Yeah, I haven't kept up with it, but I, I did enjoy it. I like their style of comedy, but I just haven't, you know. It, it's it's. It's in a long list of stuff I watch. So <laughs> you're at the bottom right now. You got to work your way to the top. That's true. That is
2: true. I'm, I'm going to check out another episode of All American. I, tr- I trust your judgment. No, you enough, might not like I the
1: storyline. I thought it was amazing. But <laughs> You might not like it. It might I be too far could, out there.
2: It was just like one of the episodes and it was the, 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 the plot. It was just too much for me and the acting. I thought and the acting
1: I, I could, was great. You didn't think the
2: acting was good? no it's terrible
1: oh see <laughs> i'm falling for all of this because i thought it was amazing so
2: bad but you know i'm a person that watches like like i like a lot of hbo and showtime shows oh the, like uh Issa the Issa, Issa Rae one yeah well Issa ray the action's bad too on there sometimes oh. but it's still I, I still think it's a great show though i've heard I of it In-
1: i have not watched it yet because i don't have hbo but i i do want to get into insecure,
2: insecure. I will give you my Amazon Prime login. Oh, it's on I Prime. Have a HBO subscription. Yeah, you, but you have to subscribe to HBO. So I have the HBO. I like, have a monthly subscription. I have
1: one of my friend's Prime's pa- accounts right now. I got to see if she has HBO on there. How do you get to it from Prime? Because if I,
2: not, I think you should watch it. I, you let me know. I will give you my password. Well, and you can watch it. Just because I think that it's a good. It's a. It's a show that you that covers like good topics I, I do think it touches on some things especially because i like Issa because the first one of her first um introductions to the world was she did a, a um like a youtube video like a video yeah i heard about comedy. her doing that it's the Misadventures of the awkward black girl something like yep. that and now and i watched it and i love that because like i'm an awkward black girl like i i love everything about her and the, the show is, is it's good and I think, like, especially this last season, it touched on several different things and re- relationships and friendships and letting you know go. And I-, I actually think you'd like
1: it. I probably would. I keep hearing about it. Um, I'm going to check to see if the girls' uh, Amazon Prime that I use right now, <laughs> if their password, I'm going to see if I can get it on there because I do watch, sometimes she'll buy the episodes of Real Housewives and I can watch them. But <laughs> oh
3: my God.
1: I'll let you I, know I can't if.
2: you'd love. Real Housewives. Oh, I, I love it. I, I've I, been watching that
1: show for like ten years now. I'm like really invested.
2: I used to love it. I, I did, especially New the Housewives of New Jersey, and then I love um, Jersey. Atlanta. But I punted on it like a couple years ago. I, I, I have I have right now. I'm I used to be very faithful to shows, even when they even when they disappointed me. But now I will I will punt really quick. There's several shows that people highly recommend it. And towards like the latter seasons, it started to get bad, and I just I just dropped it, and I googled what the ending was.
1: You know, because it wasn't worth. It. I'm just fascinated by other people's lives. Like I'm not gonna, I don't really judge your life. Like I said with the Will and Jada, I don't care what they do, but I'm just I've wanted, I want to. If you're gonna let show me what you how you live, I'm gonna peek in and watch because I'm just fascinated by how other people's lives are. And I don't know. I think I I learn a little bit from watching how people live their lives and doing things and. I'm just really, really like anybody who has a reality show. I'll probably watch because I'm just interested in it.
2: I want them to bring back like the old school version of Real World. Now that nah, is I'm the done with real World, I like because no, not the new Real World. No, I'm saying
1: even the, the older world. ones. Like I, I liked them when I was young. I don't think I would like them at this at this day in my life, this age.
2: I would love it if it's, like, a real, real world. Like, it's literally people of all ages going through life right now. Everything that normal people are dealing with right now, if it's focused on that, not if it was a bunch of 22-year-olds, but if it's truly real world and people going through everyday life and struggling and and coping with this and coping with that, like how all the issues we were just discussing, I would love that.
1: That would be good. I would love a
2: show that's really about real people, not, like, this certain age graph. I mean, it can be 20 to... 45 years old i don't care if it's just a group of real people going through their daily lives i would absolutely watch that
1: that would be good i don't think they would keep it real though i feel like they would add some stuff and drama and script it up a little bit i don't know of course yeah uh well i don't i don't really have anything else do you have anything else you want to say
2: No, that's all. Just thank you for having me. This was, uh, this was fun. Um, I really, like I said, I I listen on a regular basis to the podcast, but it's always wonderful to be able to be a part of it. So thank you so much for inviting me. Thank
1: you for telling me that you were interested in being on because a lot of times I don't know who really wants to come on and talk. You know, I'll reach out to certain people that I know, like my boy D'Angelo, who's always down to talk because he, we used to be, do a podcast together, but whenever people want to come on you know hit me up let me know and i'm always willing to have a conversation because it gets boring talking to myself sometimes (laughs) but i do i will do a solo one next week because i do have to get all my thoughts out so state of the jared yeah that okay that one will be solo but uh after that if anybody wants to come on hit me up uh toy i i'd like to thank you for coming on one more applause and you know what I was wondering before I let you go? When did you rebrand yourself? Because I feel like you were Toy for the longest, and now you're LaToya. And I'm like, I'm still used to calling you Toy, but I feel like I'm, I'm trying to be professional and call you LaToya. But when did the rebranding happen from Toy to LaToya? There's no
2: rebranding. You can call me Toy. Or but your LaToya Facebook changed.
1: The Facebook name changed.
2: Oh, to LaToya. I think I changed it right around me being at Comcast because I would post a lot about uh my community endeavors and and you know i I was doing so many community events and i had like and even now i still have uh elected officials and business owners and i still have people on my profile so i did shift it from toy rattler to latoya just because i wanted people to easily be able to find me because then if they found me then they found about the stuff that we were doing in the community
1: okay because when you did that i was like oh is this a rebrand
2: no not a rebrand it's just you know, this, yeah. these are what this is what's going on. It makes it easier to find me, and especially now, I I, I don't mind people finding Latoya Ratliff on on the internet. So. Okay, that's good. But to I, know. I I don't prefer in regular life. I, I like Toya or LT, but most of the time now, I'm being called Latoya, and it's okay. yeah, it's so weird for really me to call
1: you that because I've never really called you that before. I was always like. Toy.
2: <laughs> no, it is weird. It's weird for me too. So <laughs> yeah, even when I was
1: like talking about your story on here, I was like Latoya, <laughs> And I'm like not used to it. But you know, I'm glad it's not a rebrand. You know, because not everybody needs a rebrand. We did an Andrew Gillum rebrand. I don't know if you heard that episode. Me and my cousin. <laughs> yeah, I
2: heard about that episode, and I'm just waiting for him to to, to, to reemerge. Also, yeah, I want to see what I I'm interested to see what he's going to do if he's going to go with the route that I would hope he would do and be honest with himself, or is he, is he going to continue in the other route? So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what he does with that. Me
1: too. And I, I hope everything's good with his, with his family. Um, my cousin speculated that he thinks that they are, have some type of open relationship and that the wife was aware of what he was into. So I don't know. I, I, I mean,
2: that is possible. A lot of that's possible, and I think that's why, as with the younger generation, with millennials and the generation under us, I think you're going to see start to see more public officials that don't fit that standard of you have to have a wife or you have to have a husband and children and you go to church and you you know you volunteer uh, at the the food pantry. I think we're going to start to see a shift in the type of person that qualifies to be able to be a public official because just because someone may have an alternative lifestyle does not mean that they're not, you know, that they're not capable of, of, of leading a community. So I, I think we'll start to see that.
1: Yep. We will. Well, everybody keep, keep on the lookout for Andrew Gilman, what ends up happening there. And like I said, I would like to thank you for coming on toy. Uh, we will talk soon. And let me know whenever you want to come back on and talk, because this was a great conversation. Uh, one of my longest episodes so far might be the longest. I'll check the time when we finish. But uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for all the insight you provided. And I hope that you are you start to feel better, too. Um, you're always in my prayers. And I'm praying that your vision gets better. In, you said the right eye, right?
2: Yeah, it's my right
1: eye. I'm praying for the vision in your right eye to uh, improve. But thank, thank you for you. coming on the show. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again no problem all right i'll bye. talk to you later bye that was latoya ratliff my friend just keeping it real with Jerry lawrence uh let me give her another... there you have it folks that was a pretty long episode like we did an two and a half over two and a half hours um I didn't know how long we were going to talk cause I don't know how long I can normally sit here. I've sat here the whole time. I haven't gone to the bathroom yet. Uh, and I think this, it, it really like we start, we stopped talking about Jada and August Alcina Man, that might've been around the one thirty mark. And then we just got into a lot of topics about sexuality and sex and how you, you know, singleness and relationships and I, it just, it just kept going. And when, when the conversation's good like that, you got to just let it flow, man. So I let it keep going. Uh, I've enjoyed having her on the show. Can't, can't wait to have Toy back on too, man. Cause like I said, that was a really good conversation. Um, as I stated before, I'm going to end this show with Odyssey and we're going to end it with the song called Gentrification. I don't know if I played this song on the show before. Did I play this? song? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think I did. I think I played it in my car one day on my Insta story, and that's why I'm confused. But uh, if I did play it, you're going to hear it again. It's one of my favorite songs. Odyssey. It's called Gentrification. Mixed by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Shout out to him. Fresh Prince alum. This is Odyssey Gentrification. Uh, yeah. This is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. What's up, I'll be back next week with the State know? of the Jared. Forget, be on the lookout for that
4: your own beats, shit hot nigga, <laughs> yeah, I was gon' rap about rappin' on this chain or some, some generic shit about love or something like that, but you know me, yeah, just ride with me still. Did I mention I was from Largo, when niggas ride dirty whip, more green in they whips than Wells Fargo? Y'all know it's outside of the district When niggas move quick, when they couch get evicted out, they right with it, they house tax raised up Gentrification on the rise, they like to pay up It's no surprise when white folks be moving in Cause they got the money and time to pursue the trends Same trends be the end of what's pure Mom and pop store replaced by couture A Starbucks here and a Starbucks there How much coffee you need, my God, it's unfair they move away from the burbs to escape the monotony. Bring along with them they Pilates and pottery. Classes and all that up-fast shit. My city don't look the same. What a shame it's tragic, yeah. That shit is y'all crazy, though. Rockin' niggas moving out the city, out oh, PG County and shit. It's all good. Max and Johnson built us a new movie data and shit. We got angles. You know what I'm sayin'? All niggas welcome. All niggas to come. All niggas accepted. Yeah. Okay, I, out I heard niggas from the city is moving out to Mo County now. Section 8 relocating them to Germantown. Aspen Hill, too. Rockville, Wheaton. Tom and Jane moving and Leroy leaving. It's something to see when the authenticity of a city is. Replaced by college kids and hospitality Urban Decay making way for IKEA's luxury lost, Replacing what I see is a history lost. My mother used to eat at Ben's Chili Bowl when she was younger. And on a date and now I'm grown up And I grab a plate at the same place she used to congregate And to me that's sacred, I can't fake shit I don't need that cause of inflation The whites came in I used to get a chili dog with fries for five And now I pay ten, they gotta pay rent So now they raise the price The U Street takeover It's the greatest heist, a major makeover And my people ain't included We getting booted out the city like there's nothing to it Uh, shit wild man Heard the same shit going on up in uh up in Harlem Going on over there in over there in Chicago too, man Shit crazy And you know when Hurricane Katrina came through New Orleans They was glad, Wash all the niggas out That they, they gonna help them help get their shit back together Hell nah, man This shit about to be ritzy down there High city. <laughs> same shit going on down in Atlanta too Up in Philly All the major cities, y'all Yeah but Just rock right,